Commander Shepard, and the Unnamed Games Podcast is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Shepard out. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, and welcome to episode 48 of the Unnamed Games Podcast. I am hosting for a second week in a row. As you may recall, last week, Craig took a week off because he was shaving his legs. Unfortunately, he had a horrific shaving accident. And he's had to take a second week off. Lost a leg or a he toe. Just, he, went, or... he went too high, man. He just went too high. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, maybe it was just unnecessary chafing and it got a bit uncomfortable. So he's uh, he's taking another week off, but it's okay. because I Mental here... images I never needed. Mental images I never needed, boys. Never. There, take them home, stick it in the it's, bank. Yeah. It's all stuck in. <laughs> what, what bank? Let's, let's okay. move on. Swiftly move on. I'm so, not sure what bank moving, you're talking moving about. Moving very, very, very swiftly on, please. <laughs> Indeed, yes. And as you can hear from the voices to my side and below, I have Mr. Thunderlips McQueen. How are we doing, I'm not going to lie. I am ridiculously tired today. I've just got back from a day out with Craig and his older son, Ryan. And we've went to Norwich to a retro video store there, which was absolutely awesome. And I've rushed back and I'm absolutely shattered. So if I'm a bit off my game, I apologize in advance. But uh, let's do this. Game face. Mm, it's a good game face. Right, Alan. Right, Alan. Game face. I'm knackered too, mate. Oh. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> I had to work all day today. Can we so, just yeah. can we just dub this one as the unnamed games podcast episode forty eight? Was it the tired cast? The tired cast. The tired cast. <laughs> I can make that work. I'll, I'll work <laughs> down to the title. I, I, have, see the... I have like my third cup of coffee right now because like I just can't. I can't just function. Yeah. And the third voice you're hearing is Mr. Chris Rats to tweets. Oh. He's here. He's going to tell us about some exciting things in a moment. Well. So, Sorry, uh, mate. I completely jumped over introducing me there, didn't I? I just seemed in and started talking. You hadn't even said, oh, Chris is here. And I went, let me just waffle on for ages. Yeah, I'm it's good. good, Matt. I'm you good. know what? I don't care. I'm happy I'm like, I'm like here. Alan. I'm happy I'm, I'm here. tired and a bit a bit, uh, a bit off cam. I'm not my usual self. So there probably haven't been any sweary rants this week. So apologies if you enjoyed the sweary rant. And apologies to everyone. I'm, I'm offended for my sweary rant. I stand by what I said. <laughs> we have attempted to select less controversial. T- Wait, no, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> we have selected some topics this e- this week to talk about. But first and foremost, I want to find out what you guys have been up to. And I'm going to go to Thunderlips McQueen first. Oh, you picked me first this there week. We I, I have. I don't want to keep your fans waiting any longer. I think it was fan. But still, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but but thanks. Uh, so so I'm glad you asked me that, Phil. I am glad you asked me that. First of all, I'd just like to say a little bit of a, a sadness this week. Saw the passing of Sean Locke. Very sad, sad moment. Yeah. Great comedian. Enjoyed him immensely. Passed away, 58, down to cancer. Um, it's a real sad loss, and that that was not a good. Uh, bit. Yeah, I've got. And I'd like to echo feelings that. with his family, feelings with his yeah. family and and loved ones, and uh, yeah. But yeah. for all of us, it's a loss. Um, yeah. You know, you don't bandy around the words national treasure very often, but uh, as far as comedians go, he was the he was top. So, a comedy genius, mate. Comedy yes, genius. I don't, I don't use that term lightly, but yeah. like he could, he just would say three words, and I that clip I sent you where he yeah. said one thing completely unsuitable for our podcast. But oh my god, like it just he just killed me every time. He was he was one of the, the greatest comedians. His timing, 
He's, it, he's it just, was the deadpan. It was the yeah. way his delivery was superb. If I, 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 I pride myself on being a little bit sarcastic occasionally, you may have noticed, <laughs> but no, but but his never. but his sarcasm and his dry wit. I have tiny, if I had a tiny percentage of his talent in those departments, mm. I'd be doing it as a living. Uh, so it's a great loss to all of us, and and very very sad. But I have spent a lot of this week watching uh, Sean Locke videos. A I take cats does countdown on mate. YouTube. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's a rabbit it's, hole, is what it is. It's just genius. One came up which I hadn't seen in years, and I'd forgotten how brilliant it was. I think it's from a Christmas special where he did the countdown, and he was like, "It's his children's book, The Tiger That Came for a Pint." <laughs> and I, I, yeah. If you haven't seen it on YouTube, I remember that one. Unlock the tiger that came for a pint. It is, my my, uh, my, fa my favorite uh, joke of his is, sim is is simply three words. That's a challenging wank. That's four that, words. Sorry, yeah, but, but that was. <laughs> That's, that's all I'm going to say. That's all, that, that, that had the, the hysterics. Game. I couldn't yeah. get off the floor. The guy, it, yeah. The Super. carrot, the carrot as well. The carrot, yeah. Uh, yeah. Concept, carrot the, game. The carrot yeah. box, carrot in a box. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. oh, but he genuinely, like, uh, you know, there are certain comedians who I know I'm going to feel the loss of. And that was a real shock. But like, I, I, it's it's left a big hole for me. Like, the world feels less joyous. And like, Phil used that term. You can feel the joy leaving the world. And it's so true of him. Like, mm. that man was just funny to his core. He was brilliant. And nice, apparently. Everybody who worked with him said he was a lovely yeah. guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so so that, that, that's sad. But uh, let's, let's move on. Um, and what else have I been up to this week? Um, so um, uh, I played some Magic the Gathering with Craig and Ellie. I won't get into that too much. Of course. We'll talk about that a lot. Also played some City Skylines. My city of Castle Rock is now up to 120,000 citizens. Nice. And I've had to redo the whole train system, which was expensive, I'm not going to tell you. And for most people, <laughs> if I was actually streaming it, incredibly boring. So it's probably a good <laughs> job I didn't stream it. So, but it, 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 I, I'm loving the city. It's, it's moving along. Um, and, oh, i tell you what came on the Game Pass this week. And I haven't played a huge amount, but I played Quake. Now, it came with yes. the Game Pass, and I believe on the consoles, the original Quake is available. And I didn't realise it had been ported, to be honest, to the to the consoles. And it looks pretty damn good for its age, um, mm. considering how old a game it is. I mean, we're talking, we're talking ancient times old here, you know, so it's obviously been remastered at some point. Um, the, the, the controls, for the most part, are okay, because it was one of the first games that, that actually started to use strafing and things like that. However, one of the things is the firing. You can fire above what you're shooting and still get them. But once you, you just ignore that. Uh, it's my favourite of id games. It really, really is. I've always said that. When they went to Quake 2 and they bought in the Strog, I know a lot of people are fans, but I love the ethos of the Quake, Quake 1. Absolutely phenomenal, and I love it, and I wish they would remaster this one. Not Strog, this one. You're going to say, Chris? I was going to say, uh, I, I, the only thing I think I really liked about Quake 2 over Quake in terms of a game was Quake was just an assemblance of levels you would progress through, like Doom was to a degree. It was just like, here's yeah. a level, get from A to B, kill things. With with when they introduced Quake 2, you had a, a far more uh, structured mission. It came off the back of like I think Goldeneye released on the 64. And yeah. uh Goldeneye had these structured missions where you had to go to a place, do a thing, and that allowed you to do nothing. And that was way more prevalent in Quake 2, and it was much more the, the missions were more designed around like a, an entertaining and narrative yeah, campaign. Quake is an Quake, shooter, isn't it? It's good to yeah, Quake, Quake, Quake has such a great atmosphere and like um and just feeling about it. 
like firing it back up i'd forgotten how good it was like you say yeah it was it was revolutionary game truth first truth first true 3d yeah i remember telling this story before because it's when a long long time ago obviously i can't remember the exact dates but i was playing duke nukem 3d and that was the big game that came out and it was like it mm. was awesome the humor and the gameplay and everything and then 30 days later quake came out literally a month and everybody yep. just completely forgot about duke nukem 3d because it had flat sprites and now yep. we all of a sudden had 3d models and it was we had strafing for goodness sake i remember trying to get <laughs> the hang of strafing trying to understand this concept of being able to move sideways while shoot it was like black magic at the time it was like <laughs> I, I couldn't it sounds ridiculous now yeah I put on a game like, well, a while ago with Soldier of Fortune. It didn't have strafing, and I was like, "You mean I have to turn oh, on the spot? Yeah. Like this is madness!" I remember trying to play the original Soldier of Fortune just because it was hella gory. Like you shoot people in yeah. the head, and the brains popped out the back. But yeah, I tried to play <laughs> Soldier of Fortune two. It wasn't even that long ago, and again, that's another game. It feels like it's locked in place. You're like, huh? I can't move left. Yeah. What's going I on? Know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, 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 I remember, it's weird, isn't it? Weird what you remember because I remember with Quake because um, I, I was a big Doom fan back in the day and me and my buddy, a guy called AD at the time, we were, um, we'd spent months working on a patch for Doom uh, which was an Aliens patch so we'd draw, I'd hand-drawn all these sprites for Aliens we'd redrawn all the guns you know, imported all the sounds, because you could do all that in Doom you had the ability to mod it quite hard and, um, and just as we, we just about got it ready to go uh, like Quake came along and it was like, oh Oh, well, this exists now. No one's yeah. gonna want to play our patch for Doom, are they? You no. know, and, uh, and and it was, but we but we were we were super excited about the idea of modding that because of the fact because because there were lots of things we wanted to do, and we were when we were mapping out the levels we wanted to design for aliens that we couldn't do because um, we didn't have a true three D environment. You couldn't have sectors above sectors in Doom. Uh, you had now to have you, like now a, you, you know, could things with Quake. So now you couldn't. It was it was like the, the ideas for us suddenly became this this thing. So we kind of snowballed into looking at modding Quake and then realizing that was nowhere near as simple as modding doom and yeah. it, and then yeah it, it was, kind of just fell by the wayside it, it, on the on the console i believe it's just quake but on the pc you can get quake quake 2 and quake arena and it was quake 2 if i remember rightly that i really got into the multiplayer side of things many 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 eons ago they had grapple hooks different mods and it was really where the modding community um, really got its claws into it for the first time and as a game that the multiplayer was great to start off with capture the flag was really born there mm. you know all, all sorts of game modes were first created which had never been seen before it was the first sort of in a sense that kind of multiplayer with so many different options that the community created and brought in that people could play and it was just massive for an awful long time i don't know whether that a lot of those mods are still available but on the xbox version all of the dlc content is available and i think there's about three four even five DLCs for the actual base after the base game for Quake. So there's a hell of a lot of content there as well. Very happy to see that come onto Game Pass. Did you have something extra to add, Phil? Yeah, as I say, didn't they eventually lead to the Unreal Tournament games? Yes. Well, think... uh, they, they, were, they were in competition, so you kind yeah, of had... But, but I think, I think yeah, Quake, yeah. Quake basically spawned that whole... Yeah. That whole, well, Doom was the first deathmatch game, right? And well, not the probably not the first ever, but you know, I mean, like the first, I know it was the first internet no, deathmatch. It was, death it was the first game. sensational one. The and one then, that uh, and then, the and then, kind of when Quake came along, it brought brought even more to the table. I think that spurred on Unreal with Unreal Unreal Tournament. Yeah. We had an Unreal game, which was a, which that was a, that was awesome. Thing. That was I yeah. love. The and then Unreal Tournament game. came, didn't it? And yeah. then they got Unreal Tournament yeah. on the back, and then you had yeah. I can't remember. I think it was Unreal Tournament three was the direct competition to Quake Arena. Yeah, 
Unreal, that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. Unreal Tournament 3 was also phenomenal. I just remember they gave away... That had the real verticalness to it, didn't it? Yes, it did. They gave away a level as a freebie that you could play, which was like on top of the three skyscrapers in Unreal Tournament 3. And mm. I never bought the game for like six months. I just used to play that level over and over and over, getting the Redeemer and firing and <laughs> directing it into... Play. I just it, remember it just the... Phenomenal! Um... Was it the buzzsaw where you could fire the blades out of it and try yeah, and behead people yeah. with it? That was like, I always lost, but that's because I Good always went for the buzzsaw trying to behead people. Very Some fast. of the so back, back in the day when I had the reactions to play multi games, multiplayer games like Quake 2 and, <laughs> and Unreal Tournament 3, but it was like it brought back so many memories and still playing like Quake and playing like the food. I just played the first three levels because I've I was playing quite a lot this week and was quite busy. Um, but it's just like I just remember all, all the secrets are like coming back to me. It's like first area, six out of six secrets, second area, oh, I missed one, five out of six. I have to go back and try that again. And because they, they're just riddled with these secret areas with like quad damage and all this sort of stuff so cool so lovely um and moving on um the game uh the last game that i played this week it was quite a lot of games i played this week was a game called Rimworld, and i bought it um a while ago um on on steam um and it was something that i picked up and sort of seen flying around and and i thought it might be interesting to me and i've i've, I've played about th three and a half four hours on it and i have to say it is most definitely my next ridiculous obsession it is. Uh, it has all of the key components. Look, there's somebody chopping a tree down. Oh, you have to build buildings. It's a survival game in everything but name. It's all about getting some people. You've got to build a base. You've got to fight off bandits and pirates. You have to explore. There's a whole world to explore. You have one map that you kind of build, but you can build a caravan and move to other maps there's disasters you can see the whole place burning down on the video there's so much content to it the depth on it is just ridiculous and it, it, at first i thought well, it's kind of got like prison architect type graphics and I, you know i'm a bit sometimes i can be a bit of a graphics snob i do admit although i always say graphics aren't the most important <laughs> thing um and they certainly aren't with this game however it still has a beauty all of its own sometimes when you're playing it and you've built up built up a little base and there's lighting and it's all glowing different colors and things are happening it's just got it, it does look at a special Did kind it just of throw up brilliant yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. there's, there's Rick's a lonely man it would seem he's going for I'm, a swim i'm actually playing on iron man mode but i don't normally do that but i do like the idea of literally all it does is it only saves when i log out after each session so if anything happens during my play session like somebody dies if i lose my medic i've lost my medic i can't go back to another save and it kind of adds this urgency to the gameplay. It's kind of like I've got mm. to take care of this this particular character, and we need to recruit more and build up. There's this technological research and progress. You've got to make create food or hunt food. Random events happen. There's almost like a I don't know, like a director that actually you get choice of three different directors that do various different things, different levels of difficulty. It is most definitely my next huge obsession. But I'm not going too deep down the rabbit hole right now because I. I'm very aware that in five weeks new world comes out again and i'm gonna have i'm going to be spending a ridiculous amount of time on that so i'm just kind of playing around at the minute for my first game and then when i've kind of had my fill of like new world i'm going to go back and that's when we're gonna every week you'll hear an update on my colony and rim world <laughs> i guarantee you that that's where it'll be so that's all the games i've been playing and one final thing before we move on to chris um i i've watched um the only thing i've watched on tv this week actually is the next episode of what if 
um, which this 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 particular week's was uh, the T'Challa episode. So the the what if is what if uh, they they actually abducted T'Challa. Um, the Black Panther, in, well, obviously not the Black Panther because he never makes it to that, um, instead of Peter Quill um, um, and T'Challa becomes Star-Lord. Um, and again, it's 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 phenomenally fun. Uh, it's great. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, some of the cast on this, it's just ridiculous. Uh, I'll just read down the list here of what names they got to actually do the names. Um, Chadwick Boseman, rest his soul, Karen Gillan, Michael Rooker, Jijamon Honsu, um, Josh Brolin, Benicio Del Toro, Kurt Russell, who literally does one or two lines, yeah. Sean Gunn, Seth Green. I mean, it's like the uh, I think the only person they didn't get is Peter Quill. They didn't didn't get, you know, um, they didn't get um, uh, Drax wasn't done by um, Dave Batista because there was a bit of a hoo-ha oh, hoo about that. I remember reading about that. Yeah. It did sound just like him, though, to be fair. It was close. It was close. Yeah, I, I mean, was close. Sorry, I was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely not. But it was very it was a very good impression compared to the guy who did it. Yeah, good. yeah, really good impression. But it's just like so. So, and I think I preferred this episode to the first one. Not say as I said last week, and not that I didn't like the first one. It's just this one. I felt the story was more fun and had a lot. I mean, seeing like Thanos there and and actually being part of their crew and not and they they have this. this I'm not going to give away too much, but they keep going on about his idea about having you know destroying yeah, half. The, it was efficient. Like, so, yeah, they, they <laughs> yeah. Going, I think you'll find that's genocide. It was efficient, is what it was, and it's yeah. random, so it's not genocide. So it's like it's it's just it's just it's quite funny. It's tongue in cheek, and it knows what it is. It's a bit of a heist um, thing, and and Benito, I think Benicio del Toro probably had the most fun in it because he was able to actually be more of the collector character in the cartoons. Yeah, he got something he to do this to, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When the films, he was a little bit subdued, wasn't he? he? Didn't feel like he was the collector a little bit. He looked like him, but it was, he was well. There was nothing of him. It just he just kind of he was there it, to exactly. to facilitate a transaction, and that was it. it Where, was a, whereas it was, yeah, in this he was he was let a major loose. part. And he was the collector, and he was brilliant. But overall, I really, really loved it. And if you haven't watched it yet, it's on uh, Disney Plus. A couple of episodes now. Um, mm. Would definitely one every Wednesday, isn't it? It's every Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, I keep yeah. forgetting. I, I, I kind of love hate when it comes out on a Wednesday because it's always like I get to like Thursday. And I think, oh, oh crap, I haven't watched it because Friday is always the day I check. So <laughs> yes, it's Wednesdays. Yeah, it's. I, it. I, I, I watched a pair of them. Uh, I watched watched both of them this week. Actually, I've got to say one thing that um, you haven't touched on. I think I, I, I put in the chat was what's blown me. Well, one thing I really like is I love the animation art style they've gone for. Yeah. In the in the way it's beautifully. I mean, you'd expect, as I said to you guys, you'd expect Disney to absolutely slay it in animation. You know, it's Disney yeah. as their bread and butter, isn't it? You know, um, but they really do knock it out of the park. It's beautifully animated. they just the whole like look and feel of the show is great. It feels unique. Um, I I I, the, I think the, the second episode is far more successful. Like you, like you, yeah. Alan. Um, I think probably because it takes them, it takes a much bigger risk than the first episode. The first episode feels like a, a very obvious rewrite of what would happen if A happened instead of B happened. Do you know what I mean? It's true. I mean, um, even down to the fact that at the end water. of the first episode, the yeah. same thing happens to Captain America that happens in the other timeline. Yes. So it's almost, it's almost like you know, they're just supplanting the bad thing that happens it, for exactly. another character. Whereas in yeah. this one, it was this, a standalone yeah. story just with different Star Lord. And I, I really like the I really like the ending where you had the um where you had the that might mean the world's going to end in a minute but you know yeah. that's just you know, <laughs> you know and it was like uh you know I won't say obviously what happens but uh, it was it was quite a nice way to end it but I thought the whole that you know that the whole thing wasn't wasn't uh, both of them have been quite fun little things nice little distraction yeah, it's not something I would say oh my god you've got to see it but I would say hey if you've got twenty minutes half hour to kill you want to watch something you, quite fun you won't they're be disappointed. that they're, they're fun they're, yeah, they're, they're fun. fun. 
yeah, they're yeah. perfect lunchtime and dinner time watching. Like they're yeah, just they're, the they're right length yeah. to sit there and eat your dinner or have your sandwich and watch them, and you're going to feel pretty satisfied at the end of it. But yeah, still, really um, impressed they got Kurt Russell yeah. to literally. Uh, and, I, and I have to say, I think that I think that, <laughs> that one thing I will say from the episode as well, like I really thought Kurt, uh, Kurt Russell and um, Michael Rooker. I mean, oh, he's, he's brilliant, brilliant in everything, but he's, he's absolutely brilliant. superb in this as a as a voice actor. Absolutely knocks it out of the park. I mean, they were all good, but like he just for, he really really. Well, they've did, got like, James Gunn in there. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It? And yeah. it's like it's, it's like these characters, these, these actors were like, "Do you want to go and do a few lines in a cartoon we're doing for that?" Character? Oh yeah, I'll go do that. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it's it's, it's, it's Lee in his cameos. <laughs> yeah. I've just got thousands of them saved up ready. It's like yeah. it's, re- it's really good. Definitely worth a watch. Hundred percent. I definitely agree with Alan. Definitely worth spending your time on it. Come on, let's not make a habit of that. Thank you for... Controversy! (laughs) Thank you for the update, Alan. Your fans slash fans will be very much appreciative of it and they'll look forward to your RimWorld updates. Come on, Chris, you've been quite vocal, sir. What have you been up to this week? Talk to Um, me. Not a huge amount because I've been, like, commissioning. I've I've got a commission I'm finishing up, which you guys have seen, but I can't show anyone else outside of a small group because... It's it's for a surprise for somebody, and I don't want to. I don't know if that person watches. So I can't, don't want to spoil their surprise. So, you know, at least we said. Um, but it's sort of driven me down a few uh, things. I've been watching uh, after having watched Revelation, Master of the Universe Revelations. I didn't talk about because the week I uh, I watched it, I was off the pod, and I don't think anyone's talked about it yet. I watched the first half of the ten episode run of Master of the Universe Revelations a couple of weeks back, um, and I mean, like everyone, I have thoughts on it. I'm not a hater of it, but yeah. I do think. I do think they have a really stupid. They've, they've they put five of the ten episodes up, and they end it at episode five for a cliffhanger. Like wait for the next five in a really stupid place. Yeah, in a place that was I've, only ever going to absolutely wind everyone up. Um, yeah, I've, I've watched the same five episodes as you, yeah. and I just got to the end of it. I was like, well, that just sucks. As a general, yeah. like obviously, I watch a lot of anime, and I yeah. normally will not watch something if it's a current ongoing series, yeah. because inevitably I will catch up to it at a point when something happens and I'm going to be like, <laughs> I need yeah. to know. And then it makes I, my brain itch. I think so, the problem with it is as well, the problem with it is, is like at the minute with where they leave it, it is a, it is a point where it is incredibly frustrating considering what they've put you through in the first half of the season to pull yeah. you to that point and then drop you there. It, it, it's a real misstep in terms of reading what you think was going to happen because you're not going to generate like the kind of buzz you want from it. You're just going to generate hate from it. And, and I can understand why there's so much hate because I can totally see what the conclusions people are going to draw from this and why it's going to just knock everyone off. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I say, not a fan of where they ended that. It left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Not that I, I don't want to jump on that train of like haters who hated it and said, you know, oh, it was bad and like, you know, being all woke and all that nonsense they keep spouting these, you know, people on the internet who are just like, want to hate on these things snowflake warriors yeah, yeah exactly I, I i'm not i'm not it's not that at all my complaint is more i loved it up until the, the last episode then i was like that was stupid that was so dumb to yeah. leave it there um you know uh so yeah that's it's, my it's, problem with it you know i think it's, it's good quality animation like they've clearly spent yeah. some money Story's on that great. as well you know Characters the story great. runs well they just picked a bad point. Like somebody somewhere made a decision and I don't think it was anybody who was writing the story who said, yeah, we should stop it here. Somebody's got, no, nope, needs to stop here because we want to release the other five I, episodes. I, I do wonder time. though, actually, having said that, I, I had a thought, maybe what they've done is they've split it down the middle because they've got two alternate like endings for it. They've got like, they can go A or B and they want to see like what the read is on it and see if they go either way. I don't know. Um, but who who knows, right? Who knows? Um, 
the uh, anyway, moving on from that, what, that, what, what I was leading to from Master Universe Revelation is I have been watching loads of old school He Man because old school He Man is the bomb. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know? just, just, one, just one second, I'll stop you there. I have the power. <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought you could pull me up and say that it isn't, in fact, He Man, it's He Man and the Masters of the Universe, which of course it is. Um, I absolutely, I'd forgotten how, how campy and brilliant. <laughs> like he-man and the master universe is like so campy it, it is so silly and so much fun and i absolutely love it and you know it's so daft like you know cringer is just like it's just kind of what like orko and he's done magic tricks etc you know I, I i just it's been one of those great like you know have it on the background while i was doing work and painting and, and stuff and uh and just and just like i have a little bit of like a you know a background noise but occasionally just catching like bits of it and going Oh, that's so wonderfully brilliant! And like the little, like, the little uh, like after school moment, you know, where it goes, "Remember, kids," you know, <laughs> or something like that. At the end yeah. of each episode, it's always what we learned today was, you know. And I'm just like, oh, absolutely love it! It's brilliant. Um, and Skeletor is such a great bad guy in it as well. Like the, the, the it's, it's it's one of these cast lists that you know, if you listen to the, like the the heroes and the villains, you've got you know, He Man, Teela, Man at Arms, Orko, Cringer, and Battle Cat, all great characters. And then you've got the support ones like Stratos and. Yeah, you know, Ram Man, all that, and then Skeletor is such a great bad guy. He's so he's so animated and and like stupid and mm-hmm. like but but brilliant and kind of evil. And then then you bring in Evil in and you bring in you know like um, a Cyclops and all these people, and it's just like yeah, it's like it's so cool. Trapjaw, uh, yeah, I loved it. They were brilliant, and they're all just made to sell ch- toys to children, admittedly, but absolutely brilliant. Like casting on uh, or, you know, or character list on on Masters of the Universe, it was it was just a great show. And I've, I've and it's made me think that next week I'm going to try and find my copy. Of the Master of the Universe movie from I think 1989 with Dolph Lundgren, because that's oh, a, the live I, action one. I don't care what anyone says. That's a great film. Uh, oh. you know? It's I a great it. film in the way that the first Street Fighter movie with Jean Claude Van Damme is a great movie. Well, I, 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 I do you know, like, actually the one thing that both of them have in common is a really great bad guy. Raul Julia is amazing as Bison in the Street Fighter movie, yeah. and Frank Langella is so good as Skeletor in the Master of the Universe movie. So I do want to kind of get back out, have another one. There is I, some I serious it. cheese in there. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, but that, yeah, you know, It kind yeah. of almost makes it, I suppose. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's because, because like, obviously, uh, uh, growing up on He-Man, I remember, like, you know, it being a thing to watch. I, you know, I distinctly remember, like, we were the first family in the street to rent Master Universe when it came out on video back in the day, which, which will be a really foreign concept if we've got younger listeners, like, who go, you rented a video? And you're like, no, what's a video? You, you know, we had it on VHS. <laughs> we were trying to explain to kids. Ryan earlier on today, actually, yeah. about the fact I used to be the manager of Choices Video in Paris yeah. and It's like, videos? Well, that's what we used to do. It was like streaming, but you had to buy them in individual cassettes, and you could have it for three days, <laughs> and then you had to take it back. And do you remember now, I used to be that mad rush for a new film to come out, and everyone would just rush to the video shop. You probably get this really well to, to reserve the copy or get the copy before it went out because there was only so many I used so to go to copies. watch it before because they always used to come yeah. in two or three days before, so I, I already I already watched all the new movies. But there was, was, there was a great, great job. But there was that thing where nice. people would come in and go, have you got this one to rent? You'd be like, no, we've only had like 20 copies, and they're all out or what have you. Yeah, it was that constant thing of trying to find the film you wanted to watch. So yeah, you had to be there for everyone else, or you wouldn't get to watch it, you know? So it's a very foreign concept to people. Like the whole idea will seem so weird to people. I think nowadays, um, nowadays we can all watch Tomorrow's War at exactly the same time. Great, and eh? be equally disappointed all at the yeah. same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. things and have definitely got it. worse. 
quit just before the reviews come out so that nobody knows it's bad well, until we've all watched it. Well, this is, yeah, <laughs> and this is the thing, like, like I, I talk, talk about this, and I, I was saying about Master Universe, I remember renting it on VHS. Now, VHS, as we will recall, had pretty shoddy quality when you look back on it. You know, the, the image was very oh, yeah. fuzzy, the sound was pretty poor. lines, yeah. Yeah, yeah didn't, didn't, didn't have a stereo TV. It was only 21 inches, like, in the living room. That was the biggest TV in the house. And, um, you know, I'm uh, oh, sorry, I like 24 inches. Sorry, we upgraded to 24 inches. Wait, 24 inch. I had to, I had to live yeah. on like an 18, I think it yeah, was. 24. Very, my dad liked, my dad liked his TV. It was our big. Nobody knows TV. your struggle, yeah. do they? Nobody knows your struggle. Yeah. 24 inches. That's all you had, mate. Uh, I so, remember I mean, working size, for Curry's. Size isn't the most important yeah. thing, Alan. Just I remember right working now. for Curry's <laughs> and getting a bargain on this Sony 32 inch, like the first widescreen mm. Sony. I can't remember how much it was, and then. It was so heavy because it was a cathode ray. I couldn't lift it on my own. And to get it up the stairs to my bedroom, bearing in mind this TV weighed, I think, about 65 kilos, so the equivalent of a washing machine in current terms. And I had to lay it on the screen, and I had to push it up the stairs because yes. I couldn't lift it. And I yes. got it into my room and stood it up, and I had to wait three hours until my dad got home to give me a hand to lift it onto a stand. They, they were as wide as they were big, weren't they? They were just, yeah. like, just like, that's so wide and heavy. It's yeah. just in current terms, we would call it a unit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but as I was saying, uh, I remember renting it and we had every kid in the street watching Master Universe on a 21-inch colour TV from a VHS cassette. And I often say to people, you don't know how good we've got it now when you think about, we moan about it not being in 4K or whatever. It's like, not it was perfectly good enough. It was perfectly good enough to watch Master Universe and enjoy it, you know. And it always sticks in my head, that particular one. But, um, yeah, I, I tell you, actually, bizarrely, I've forgotten I watched something earlier this week, actually. And I was going to mention it because the video rental thing spurred me back onto it. Is I watched Captain Marvel this week. I've never watched it before. And okay. um, I will give, I, I don't really want to dwell on it because I was thoroughly unimpressed with that movie from you know, the whole thing. It felt so horribly generic and very dull. Like um, Samuel L. Jackson propped that movie up from start to finish. He was great in it. The rest of that movie just felt really flat to me. You know, but yeah. Um, I yeah. found that was a great switch your brain off and just watch it. Thought I had some good Nothing happens there. in it. It's so dull. It's so dull. You know, she flies through a ship, but yeah, you know, let's not spoil the punchline of the whole movie because that's basically <laughs> yeah. it. But, but like, <laughs> I just, I just didn't care about anything that happened in the entire movie, yeah. other than how Samuel L. Jackson got the gammy eye. That was about all I cared about. <laughs> that was a good gag. Let's be honest. That was a yeah, good. Yeah, I, I like the cat. I will say I like the cat. I'll be honest. The cat's name is. Um, oh, I forgot now, but I actually want—I want to know what happened to the cat. Like, where is the cat now in yes. the current universe? Like, that's a key point that was never answered. That's about the only could... thing that I did care about the whole movie was the cat. The cat was great, but yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from that, the other—excuse um, <clears throat> me—roll um, the trailer, Phil. Uh, <laughs> I watched Hot Shots today, <laughs> and if you've—if you've never seen Hot Shots, imagine the Naked Gun movies crossed with Top Gun and you have hot shots. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. It is one of the funniest films I've seen and I've forgotten just how brilliant it was. <laughs> like, the whole thing is so dumb. Uh, you know, like, there are so many good oh, gags man. that I'd forgotten in, the, in it as well. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, like it is just full of these great little one line throwaway gags that just make the film thing, uh, uh, yeah, it's just I just I can't stress enough how much fun this film is. If you just want a silly situation, if you like that kind of slapstick naked gun thing, and you've not seen it, 
you know, if you love Naked Gun movies, you'll love this. It's every bit as good. And there is a second one as well. And the second one is also fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they're, they're both, they're two really, really, really good films. In fact, why I'm is people falling off there. stuff so funny? All I've done is watch people fall yeah. off. I don't know why. Trailer, but... And laugh my arse off. Yeah. They do it so well, don't they? Yeah. They do it so yeah, well. It's... They're just that instant slapstick comedy. I like to consider myself a semi-cultivated man, but then I watch some man go to run for a football and fly a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing till there are tears yeah. in the eyes. I don't know what, what is it with that. It, it's 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 a film which I, I also will say this for for Hot Shots. If you've never seen it, Hot Shots has one of the greatest uh, sex scenes in any movie ever. It's it's so utterly ridiculous. Um, if you've if you've never seen it, like just genuinely, like you'll understand what I mean once you've watched it. If you've never seen it. The sex scene is incredible. Uh, like, uh, it's just search, search for it, kids. Don't Remember, YouTube search it. for it. Sex scene. I, 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 I can tell you this: it is an entirely kid-friendly sex scene. Like, it's, yeah. that's stupid. It's that stupid. Um, it's brilliant. It's genuinely, but, but genuinely brilliant. Still, I, I you can't. Probably, you probably shouldn't search yeah. it. You should again. I wouldn't recommend. I'm not. I'm not advocating that children go out and search that on YouTube because you never know what you might find. But um, but it's, it's the most silly. Yeah. No. I just saw him type on his keyboard and look left. Are you searching it now? No, no, I'm actually I'm actually doing research for the for the stuff you told me about earlier. No, I'm not involved. <laughs> so, so yeah, I would recommend Hot Shots part uh, Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Dirt to anybody. Um, there's like I've forgotten how much me and a couple of my friends at college used to quote like lines from the movie. Like there's one in particular where someone gets like catapulted off the side of the aircraft carrier, like Alan was saying. It's quite funny. As he goes flying, he goes, You can see my house from here. And I was like, oh, how we used to just use that one loads. It's just like it's so silly. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant film. So yeah, I recommend that thoroughly. And I've done a tiny bit of gaming. I've played a bit more of um the ascent. I played a bit more Ghost Recon uh breakpoint. I've been enjoying that. There's a classic moment from the other night where in fact last night. We needed to go to a base, and I decided to land the helicopter in the middle of the base under the cover of night. And I landed it on a roof that was slanted like that, got out of it, and then the helicopter just slid down the entire roof, fell off yeah, the roof. Was, was and like, did, it the, did it make the screeching sound effects like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to be really stealthy? And it's just like it was like yeah. it was like that. It was genuinely like that. Like I landed at the highest point I could put the helicopter on the building and just watched it kind of slide away. And I was like, and Brad had parachuted out and gone and try and hid somewhere who I was playing with. And I was just like, yeah, there's um. Uh, there's about to be an explosion. <laughs> and, and Brad's exact response was, well, now I know there's a lot of people here because he's got all the like, exclamation marks popping up to tell yeah. where people are. And apparently there was just like this sea of exclamation marks go up. And I was just like, okay, um, I didn't mean that to happen, but it, it worked. You know, there you go. Yeah, so yeah, that was a bit of fun. Yeah, stealth, stealth yeah. Is, my, uh, is my number one characteristic in case you hadn't noticed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So yeah, there you go. Fun, fun, fun. But that's that's been my weekend nutshell. What about you, Phil? What have you been up to? Well, thank you for asking, Alan. I really appreciate that. Nobody ever asked me. I just have to dip in and start talking. That's not true. Craig asks you all the time when you're not hosting. Like, yeah. (laughs) That's not very often at the moment. (laughs) Keeps injuring himself, shaving his legs. (laughs) Shaving injuries. (laughs) So um, most of my sort of consumption this week has actually been tv watching so the first thing i went down the anyway road. that's all the time we have for for film half hours done i tried i'm dropping the video in though so uh inside west coast customs got added to netflix last week and i briefly mentioned it because oh yeah you've got that you can watch and then i started watching it and that ensued on about four episodes a day for six seasons worth where <laughs> it's ever since i watched that like 
from back in pimp my car and I pimp my ride and I didn't realize actually how massive West Coast Customs was as a brand mm. like I was like oh they just did that pimp my ride and they make a few nice cars and you watch it through the seasons and then they get to the last season they've got this massive like million pound showroom effectively they do the work and I was like that is crazy yep. so that was quite a nice short watch I enjoyed that if you like modifying cars or you just like cars it's a good TV show to watch again another fantastic lunchtime watch That'd be my recommendation there. The next thing I did, I did a bit of gaming. So I'm going to drop in my gaming and I've got another bit of a movie at the end. So I then purchased, as of yesterday, Ghost of Tsushima, the director's cut. And I would like to levy a complaint. I, for my sins, I bought the PlayStation 5 version. Yeah, so you can buy the DLC for, I think it's 18 quid. Um, And then there was like a, a PlayStation 5 kind of upgrade so to speak they did earlier on in the season where they basically allowed you to play at 60 frames and 4k and then they basically added in like the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers and stuff and you know what an utter waste of time and nine additional pounds i am <laughs> livid like the game does not look any better the haptic adds absolutely nothing and the i mean adaptable triggers I just ended up turning them off because they didn't add anything either. So I wasted wow. nine pounds upgrading to the, the PC, the, uh, the PS5 version. So that was an epic fail on my part. However, though, I did drop into the new bit of DLC. And you know what? It is true Ghost of Tsushima quality. The story starts off fantastic. You go over to Iki Island. There's a whole separate storyline, all new characters. It looks awesome. Skill to learn. Um, you know, that game is excellent it's brilliant i loved it i've put a hundred hours plus into that game completing it i went around hunting down all the fox dens and the the saunas and unlocking and doing all the jewels and stuff like that i absolutely love that game and i thoroughly engrossed myself in the environment and more dlc brilliant don't waste nine pounds on the dlc though i gotta say that'll be the if, if and when that comes to pc um that'll be a, an instant purchase for me that one that's there are there were two games from the last generation that i genuinely can genuinely have a heart say I wish I'd played from PlayStation. That was God of War and Ghost of Tsushima. And yeah, if, if that if that, either of those come to PC, they're an instant pickup for me, like 100%. I just can't justify buying a, a PS, a PlayStation just to play those two games, you know. Um, but I absolutely think that game looks staggering. Although, for by the sound of things, disappointment on the PlayStation upgrade being a chargeable thing, yeah, really. Basically, if you just had a PS4 Pro, oh, you. If you had a PS5 and you just have the PS4 version of the game, it's yeah. as good because it looks just as good and it runs at 60 frames and that's really all you need. The PS5 stuff, it's a bit like we, you know, it's one of those things when we talked about the PS5 coming out with the adaptable triggers and the haptics. We're like, mm. yeah, it's going to be amazing, but maybe it's a gimmick. In this game, it is 100% a gimmick. It doesn't add anything to it. But otherwise, the yeah. game is brilliant. Highly recommend it. Just save yourself the nine quid, even if you have a PS5, because it will look exactly the same. Uh, I, I did see that I did watch a digital foundry video on it and there are a few things they changed but did you know they changed the, the save imports on it as well for PS5 you can just import the saves a lot easier now I don't know if you noticed that yes yeah so um, obviously you know we're Xbox fans so we're just used to the it works. nice upgrades on there it just works Final Fantasy 7 you had to install or have the PS4 game in you had to export your save then download the PS5 version then import it if you had Doom you couldn't even do it. I think they fixed it about a month later from Bethesda. It's been an absolute sham, the transfer in the game saves across. But this, there was literally just an option in the menu that said, import PS4 save. 
and it loads up the file browser and you go, I want that save there, and it loads it and it works. Which is which is a massive improvement over the last kerfuffle, but it's still, let's be honest, still kind of rubbish that you even have to do that. It's just not available to you straight off the bat, right? But I will say this, props to Sony for, for, for making that improvement and making that quality of life change because it's definitely something they needed to look at. So good I hope on them. This, I hope this is the, the sign of things to come and that it's yeah. going to continue being this easy to upgrade. Um but I'm sure there'll be some outliers that don't quite work. We shall see. So, yeah, that was good. And my third thing I watched this week, so it's actually on the 18th of this month, they released the fourth part, fourth part of the remake of the Evangelion anime. And this is oh, like yeah. one of the earliest kind of animes I ever watched and kind of really got me into it because um, it was just robot mecha. And, you know, that's what I liked. <laughs> it's fighting robots, fighting giant angel things. And... I mean, I'll be honest with you, it starts off like all happy and it's just robots fighting out and it gets proper dark and depressing as you go through and then it just throws it out the window. I've deliberately picked the trailer for the first one because I don't want to spoil like the second and third because it goes completely, absolutely crazy towards the end of it. It makes zero sense, but still (laughs) brilliant. Um, So they've all gone onto Amazon Prime. So if you're a Prime subscriber, you can go on and watch that. If you're an anime fan, you should watch this because it's like that original classic stuff. Um, and they've just the story is much more coherent in these remakes. You know, they're about two hours long per episode. They feel quite fast paced, like there's a lot happening all the time. It's like one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. If you watch the original anime series of it, which I have, it's much better pacing because obviously, you know, up to like episode three is spoused to over effectively 24 episodes. And then they did some standalone movies that kind of finished the story back then. But yeah, it's all on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime exclusively have the fourth part of the series, so the fourth part of the remaster on there. And I'm now on part three. I haven't watched part four yet, but I've watched the original. It's going to be great. It's still not going to make any sense to me, and I'm going to love it (laughs) because that's what I am. As you can see, it's just classic over-the-top anime. You know, he runs there and he rugby tackles a giant monster in a 100-foot robot. Like, you know, who doesn't love that? Sound. (laughs) absolutely so that was my week thank you for asking chaps look at that we've made a solid 40 minutes just talking about stuff get in i am not surprised so first first thing on the list of the news this week and i'm going to go over to alan because you have some halo news for us don't you well i mean i've got some good news and i've got some bad news so okay so well, i'll let you decide how you want to do that i'm going to so the good news is that that halo infinite is still scheduled for a 2021 release and it now has a confirmed date the In bad bed. news is the bad news is halo infinite on day launch won't have co-op campaign and it won't have forge and we still haven't got a confirmed date i lied about that part yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boo hiss. So, so essentially, the there. yeah. So, so Joseph Staten, um, basically, his his uh, comment on this was, uh, and I'll read it verbatim: "As a studio, we don't want to ship things if they're not ready, so people can play them, have fun, have a nice, stable performance experience." Good word. That I'm going to remember that performance. So we're going to keep campaign co-op and forge in the oven for a little bit longer, and then when we're ready, we're going to release them as part of our seasonal roadmap next year. 
So that's the word from them, okay? So it's no longer going to release with co cooperative campaign. Single player campaign will still be there and the multiplayer will still be there. I think that's no shock to any of us that the multiplayer is still going to be there. It is a live uh, play service and that's definitely the direction they're going in with their seasonal pass. And they're saying that I think it's season two. So in about three months, we should expect the cooperative campaign to drop as part of that. And then season three, we should expect the Forge level editor to drop as part of that. Um, however, there will still be multiplayer split screen co-op, um, couch co-op on day one launch, but only on consoles. If you're a PC player, you won't have it on there. There are technical issues and they haven't got that working yet and they don't know when they are going to have that working. So it's kind of a mixed bag, in my opinion. Um, and I, I tell you how I feel about this. Um, in my in my honest opinion, it's, 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 a, it's another example of a game that's not finished. They want to get it out. It's the 20th anniversary of Halo this year. They want to have a Halo released, but the reality is, is the game is not finished. So they've taken stuff out of it to enable them to still release it this year rather than wait and finish the game properly and release it next year when everything else is in it. And that is what it seems like to me. Now, don't get me wrong. That's better than a lot of developers that have released games that haven't been finished, but obviously it's not been released yet, so we don't know what condition it's going to be in. But at the moment, it's kind of like they're almost like, what we can we pull out of it that we haven't got working so we can still release? They're, all their eggs seem to be in one basket. But that's we're going to talk about this a bit more later on, I believe. So, um, uh, But that, that that's the news. Um, di di disappointing. For me, I'm not really a massive Forge fan. I, I'm very excited by the multiplayer. But um, uh, but so I'm not really that disappointed. But I am majorly disappointed about the campaign because just playing co-op uh, is one of those big seminal things for me. Uh, I love playing campaign. Can I just double check something? I'd, now I, I read a couple other articles just because I was a bit curious about this. And one of the main articles I came across, they said that the couch co-op wasn't ready in the very first part of the article, and then they just referred to it as campaign co-op for the rest of it. So I don't suppose if you know a definitive answer as to whether it's the couch co-op for the campaign is not available. And we are so from, get... from Joseph Statton's own mouth, for multiplayer, couch co-op for the console will release on launch. But yes, that's, what I, that's not, what I read, but it's very, very... Not available for PC. They can't get it working on that yet. Yeah, I, I okay. read that about couch, couch co-op, but it, yeah. it's a... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I read that about couch co-op, but it, it's um, it's a very muddled messaging. I think that's something that's definitely not yeah. been done very, very well. They should have been like... we should have. I hate to say we should have a spreadsheet. We should have had one of those charts where you know, it says available <laughs> yeah. at launch. and like Because unfortunately, it's just caused a lot of confusion about what we're going to be able to do. Um, you know, And again, yeah, cause... as Alan said, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but... Um, yeah, I, I agree with Alan. It's a, it's a big disappointment in a lot of ways here. But uh, you know, I don't want to get too too down on it. I don't want to get too too stuck into it because, as I say, we're going to come to a bit of a chat about this sort of stuff later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think yeah, there's a there's a there's a definite. I think my my thought is this: my hype had gone right up after seeing all the multiplayer beta stuff, um, and I was really 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 excited again for Halo. And this has just kind of shaved it right back down again, which is a real shame. I'm not saying I'm not psyched for for Halo Infinite. But I, I certainly, I, I've had the shine they put up there a couple of weeks ago, just knocked straight back off now, which is a shame. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's, it's this, Halo's been in this weird place for a few years now, probably since 
Halo 4 was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, which I, I, I loved Halo 4. The campaign anyway, other than the boss fight at the end. Yeah, the boss fight at the end is kind of it's kind of it's kind of rubbish because there's some problems with yeah, the quick time event and the fact that um you know it it prompts you on the wrong button on the quick time event as well, which was kind of a bit of a major issue. Um but I I really enjoyed the Halo 4 campaign. I think the story in it is great, but I think it didn't live up to a lot of people's expectations. And then Halo 5, I I, I hate to say definitely dropped the ball for for like a ton of ton of reasons. And I think it Halo needs to score a big win. And this isn't the way to score a big win by having something as as quintessential to Halo as the co-op experience removed from it at launch. Because yeah, you know, let's face it, we're still in we're still in a pandemic situation. We don't really know what the situation is going to be come Christmas, you know. Um, and online multiplayer is now the way of the world. You know, we we, we love it. And you know, as much as Couch Co-op is great for people who have people who live yeah. with them, for me, Couch Co-op being available at launch is next to flipping useless because I live on my own. The only way I can play co-op on Halo with, with a buddy is online, you know, or yeah. travel to his house. It definitely it's seems awesome. like they're more focused on getting that live service multiplayer out than, I mean, that seems to be their priority, in my opinion. Uh, they yeah, want to get the campaign right. out because that's important, but their focus definitely seems to be on this live service, and they seem to be putting a lot of, uh, a lot of like, kudos into I, that. I, so, I think it's, a, it's yeah. a very big project this time around for them as well. Like, yeah. I think we're maybe well underestimating how big Halo Infinite is, because from all accounts, yeah. the map for the campaign is enormous. So the campaign is huge in of itself. And then the whole, as Alan says, the live service ongoing... Yeah, model with with the with the multiplayer is massive as well. There's almost two games launching with this, so yeah, yeah I think I do I think, think it's a whole, whole project. Yeah. yeah, the whole multiplayer aspect is their key win. I mean, like we all said, you know, Halo Five was a disappointment. It was only a disappointment because the campaign was a disappointment. The multiplayer on it was absolutely amazing. It played fantastically well. They did a fantastic update to it. The Warzone mode was brilliant. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed that, but. You know, like I said, the campaign was the, the ball drop, and that uh, yeah, has I, been a bit of a thing from Halo 4. You know, three, I, I four, will three say, of... don't you find it weird, though, that Halo made its name on multiplayer in terms of Halo 2, right? Like, I mean, I don't get me wrong. The campaign on Halo 1 is, like, masterpiece. I, 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 I actually thought the campaign on 2 was a little disappointing compared to 1. 3's campaign was superb, but the trilogy as a whole rounds out really nicely. But, like, now, if the Halo campaign is a failure, regardless of how good the multiplayer is, you know, the thing that makes them their bread and butter and made the game the long-term success that it was is now the thing that doesn't really matter to, to things. Isn't it weird how that happens with Halo 5? Like, yeah. yeah. If the campaign's not a success, no matter how good the multiplayer is, it won't work. Yeah. And yet the multiplayer is what they're banking on their money. You know, they had all those, um, was it the boxes or the ribbons or whatever you could buy in yes. 5? And, you know, they, they obviously made some solid bank off of those and they need the same thing to happen with Halo Infinite as, you know, they want to get that Fortnite model in place. I've no doubt at some point we'll see a season pass pop up in there as well. Oh, there's going to be. They've already announced haven't they? I thought yeah, they'd already yeah. announced season passes. Yeah, this, this is oh, what they're talking one. about. So that's why they're saying that, the, the, you know, the Forge and that is going to be released in season two and season three. They're already confirmed the seasons are going yeah, to be there. So season because they, that's, they need to get the stuff in there that makes them the money and then they'll keep spending money to fix the other stuff that they can finish in time. That's that's what it's going to turn out to be, isn't it? Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I'm excited about the multiplayer, but I kind of have misgivings because, you know, I'm not a massive fan of the live service. And, and you know, and the fact is, is that, you know, Halo is, is you know, multiplayer. It does look fantastic. But, you know, if I, I don't want to be playing Halo Fortnite. And uh, if it's going to be like, you've you know, you've got to pay for a season pass every three months to, to be part of that. 
then well, I, I, think, don't I, think, I don't know how I feel I think, about it. With Halo, with Halo, with, sorry, with Fortnite, it's really just the skins and the, and the stuff, which, which is cosmetic. It's all cosmetics. There's no game-changing stuff that's mm. locked behind the season pass, which um, which it, it, it's, it's just what Fortnite does so well is it, it gets people invested and they just want to spend money. Um, I, I, I mean... If they start putting game-changing mechanics into the season pass, as far as I'm just, concerned, Halo it's won't. It's just cosmetic. No, they, won't, they, won't. They, won't, they, they won't. They won't. Make, they won't make that mistake. You know, they've seen what works. You know, everyone looks to Destiny as the game model, and they've seen what works with Destiny and what doesn't. When they put something game-changing in there, it but the word on the street is that they are very, very close to actually giving us a release date with more. Um, it's December. Uh, it's December, one hundred percent. They keep referring to holiday. It's got yeah. to be December. It's going. I to like be the way. You, I love the way you say that word on the street. Alan's got yeah. his. Uh, he's got oh, his yeah. ears to the ground. He's got his street if, rats out there if, listening. If the street is the, the internet. News. Then yes, it's definitely the street. But but yeah. <laughs> it's not people sat by the hot dog cart outside a uh, three four three listening I, to them talk while they're having I, their lunch. <laughs> I tweeted at my sources at at three four three industries, and you know, they came back to me and, and said, "Who the hell are you? Why you keep texting me? I'm calling the police." Again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, you know, we'll wait and see. But hopefully, we'll have something in the next sort of month or so as a, as a confirmed day, and we'll start seeing some screenshots and some actual solid information about what's going to be in that open world campaign. Um, because we've we've got precious little at the moment. Um, nice information on the multiplayer. A um, lot of positive stuff. Good with Tommy being on a couple of weeks ago and giving us the heads up on that. Um, but you know, I, I'm really excited to see what the campaign is. Just disappointed I won't be able to enjoy it with my son or with you guys for at least three months after that. But you know, that's it kind. Of, you know, what? It, it kind of made me think about like, and it genuinely, just before we, before we move on, the thing it made me think was, do I want to indulge in that campaign straight away, or do I want to wait? until i no, can do it with my buddies no way i'm not waiting <laughs> it, it, it gave me pause and i was like i was like i'll never be able to avoid all the spoilers i might as well just you play see, it and you say that to craig he's the one that it. should be here talking about this and given his yeah. feelings frankly but you know if you said to craig well mate you have to wait three more months i think you'd probably have a hernia <laughs> we'd see that vein popping out on just, his head just his back had just convulsed and he'd fall over backwards and, you know, he's not doing no. this yeah exactly yeah. Just, he could do it yeah. Speaking of companies that have horrendous communication, uh, Chris, <laughs> you've got the next story, haven't you? Perhaps you'd like to fill us that in was, on that. That news. was a, that was a great a great uh, attempt at one of Craig's famous segues. I do. I will. I will. Attempt. I will give you that. It was a solid attempt. Mine. It was. It was. A, it was a good six out of ten. Um, he committed. Yeah, he committed. Yeah, it just didn't land. Yeah, we only work yeah. on a five out of seven scale. Some of you will uh, understand that. Some won't. <laughs> <laughs> one day so, we'll explain uh, it. So the company in question is the wonderful Activision Blizzard. Oh, um, your favourite. And we had the announcement of the new Call of Duty, which is Call of Duty Vanguard, which is bringing the series back to World War II. Um, it, the, 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 the announced trailer looks everything you expect from a Call of Duty game, if I'm entirely honest. It looks, it looks absolutely staggering in terms of graphical content. It's all like yep. those Call of Duty moments and things like that. And exact, it's exactly what you expect Call of Duty. If you said Call of Duty in World War II... You know, covert operation stuff. You'd be like, "This is everything I expect it to be," and it's exactly that. There's some big old explosions and you know, fantastic looking cutscenes. I just, I was absolutely like wowed by how it looked. However, it's Call of Duty, and I got to be honest, sounds, it, it I'm, didn't. It, come, on. I said, "I'm bored." Yep, and that's exactly what I was about to say. Is, it, it's just of another World War Two 
shooter. Yeah. We've had what three, four of them already. Battlefield did two. Quarters yeah. you did one as what World at War now, or something. It? I think it four was. Now yeah. they've had, isn't it? Or three or four they've done. They, they, oh yeah, if you World take back War. to like Call of Duty two and three, Call of Duty, well, it was Call of Duty. Pacific Duty. Rim was one of them, I think, or something um, Pacific Rift or. You're just putting words together now, Phil. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That, that, that sounds like a thing. Uh, there was um, there was at least four Call of Duties to date, which have been World War Two. This will be the fifth as far, that I know of for definite. But um, regardless, it's just another Call of Duty game. It's everything you expect from a Call of Duty game. It looks like a Call of Duty game. There is precious little to excite me in this trailer, other than the fact that it is obviously very, very good. You know, it's very slick. It's very produced. It's exactly what you expect. But I can't say that at any point I went, oh, wow, this looks really, really, really interesting. It just looked, I was like, oh, wow, this looks really, really, really Call of Duty, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit sad when you get to that point where you can just say it just looks like Call of Duty. And we would all know exactly what we meant if we said that, you know, we would all know what that meant exactly if we said it just looks like a Call of Duty game. You could pretty much write the script. But there are some stunning visuals in it. It does look like... Yeah, there's a lot of care and attention given to it, as there always is. But I'm, I can't, I'm sorry, for a multitude of reasons I can't get excited for this. Um, and, you know, again, as we've said previous weeks, we're not going to dwell on it, but Activision Blizzard ain't getting any of my money, period. Um, and this didn't this didn't actually make me want to spend money on it, to be perfectly honest, because I'm bored of Call of Duty. But there you go. I, I know, know how you guys they think. can fix it, but I'll let Alan go first. So... Uh, I mean, I've made my sentiments clear before. I, I, I mean, Call of Duty Modern Warfare was the first Call of Duty I played in a, quite a while, quite a few years, mostly because, uh, you know, the multiplayer just didn't appeal to me anymore. It was literally 14, 14 to 60 year olds running around, you know, basically getting super kills. You didn't even have time to learn how to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like more of a measured like multiplayer yeah i want something where i at least feel like i stand a chance and the skill like steep learning curve on call of duty for many years has been so steep that it just i just didn't want to play it it's just you know i don't want to win all the time but i want to feel like i can win but when you play and you just come up against the, the like the, the the matchmaking was awful you come up against players that just kill you on site because they know every map and it's just, it's not fun and Modern Warfare was the first one in a long time that I really enjoyed because it felt slower, it felt measured, and I enjoyed the experience and I played it for a while. It was nice to go back and re-enjoy it and, and re-experience that feeling of playing a multiplayer Call of Duty game. I did say at the time, and I've said before, I would love it if they would go back to World War II because I, I have fond memories of Medal of Honor and Call of Duty World of War and those games. And I really like that setting of World War II. I'm nearly old enough to have been there. No, I really wasn't. I'm <laughs> way too young. But um, and, and for me, it isn't. I, I'm not really interested. But then I'm not really the target audience. Yeah. The, the target audience is going to lap this up. It is a trailer and the trailer looks great. But there's no real gameplay in there yet. When we start seeing gameplay, I'm sure. But for the fanboys, for the people who buy COD every single year, what doesn't matter, they'll buy it because they love playing COD. They love learning all the new weapons. And they get in there, they learn the maps, and they just play and they play and they find the favorite game mode. Those people will be so excited now. Uh, and, and it looks like, you know, it's a nice change for them. We've had a lot of different eras. We're going back to World War II. They're mixing up a bit. It was the last one, 1980s, Reagan era, Cold War. 
yeah, so, yeah yeah exactly you know and before that it was modern warfare so it's like you know so you've got that's a good mix for the last three years of, of call of duty games mm -hmm. and i think that's really good for the target audience i think they're going to be super excited to see that for me personally i'll, I'll wait and see uh, I, i'm probably not going to play it and i'm not going to be excited about it but i have been saying for a long time as i said for a, a world a return to world war ii so i'm interested I'll keep an eye on it, see what it's Did like. Did you play um, the last one? What was it? Call of Duty? Uh, I can't remember what it was called now. There was the World War II one not so long back with the Normandy Beach and all that in it. Uh, it that was, Normandy, I think but... it was called World at War, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I thought World at War was the one with the... I could have sworn World at War was on with the stupid grenades that was out on the 360. Um, that was the game after. I don't know. I remember whatever, it had that little hub bit Whatever in the game it was called, and... I didn't play it, yeah. no. No. It's it's good if you like the World War Two setting. Al, you should check it out. It's it's genuinely it's the last COD I really played, and I would recommend it. I'm just I can see if I remember the name of it now. It's, it's unfortunately I, I'm, I've forgotten it because I don't really care enough. But uh, it's, but then uh, upon I'm saying that, I'm I'm super excited for Battlefield 2042, which couldn't be further away from World War Two than if you really yeah. tried because just because it looks so freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you know that that do you know what my thoughts were like i said i'm a bit bored because i think we've done way too many of these world war ii era stuff world war one era and it's not my jam i don't really like that i think they need to go further forward i think that would excite didn't me they do that once guys. it didn't work too well i don't no, they did it with black ops and it didn't work no they did oh, it with, um, did. With, uh, with kit harrington didn't they space space yeah like yeah space force or something or fighting in space stations <laughs> yeah, and no, no, like, picture this right now <laughs> the biggest problem the biggest problem we get with call of duty is when they go 244 they start adding in all the jetpacks and the jumpsuits and then we're too old and slow and we can't play it yeah picture though they went to the future but post-apocalyptic like something like terminator salvation style so the technology is kind of destroyed. So you don't have people jumping around jetpacks and stuff, but you have cool laser guns instead. Imagine that, but in Call of Duty. That would be with, a really cool with, setting. With F-15s, Space Top Gun. Well, no, I've already had Space Top Gun, haven't <laughs> don't, I? They already did that. It was Infinite Space War. Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, space Top Gun. Yeah, oh, they already cool. did Space Top Gun. I don't know if you saw as well, by the way, mate, but apparently, apparently the Top Gun DLC for Flight Simulator, you can't even fire the guns. Yeah, I know, it broke my heart a little bit. But it's still <laughs> Top Gun. I mean, it's not Space Top Gun, but it's still Top Gun. And, and if, if I, any of my experience in flight simulator is I do seem to spend an awful lot of time flying my planes upside down. So I could sort of do the music and make out, make out there's a plane below me as I crash and die into the ground for the 160. You are, Alan. You're, you're basically Maverick already without even realising, except he's about yeah. to crash, usually. Yeah, exactly. Down. Exactly. That. But yeah, so, you know. It's mixed bag for Call of Duty, but... Cool. Well, we shall move on to the next topic then. And I've got this one. And this is something I'm quite very quite very interested in. Is that right? Quite very? Is that a sentence, Phil? Well, yeah, why, not, hey? why, not, hey? why not? Why not? Let's, we'll give you it. Let's just move. Let me drop in the video. So, it is Wukong. Black Myth or Black this Myth, awesome. however you want to say it, and you've all you've both watched the latest video. This is a quick short trailer of it, so because the video was like thirty minutes long, um, and I mean that <laughs> game looked amazing. So a little bit of background on it. So Wukong or Black Myth is developed. It's an indie studio based in China, so out of Hangzhou and Shenzhen. Apparently, they have two offices. Um, it's made up of developers from Tencent's Quantum Studio, and if you know who Tencent are, they basically own everything they're like a mega corp you know when the world takes over and corporations rule 10 cent will be one of them that basically Illuminati. 
yeah, basically, it'll be up there with them. They're the Chinese version of, well, they're not here everywhere, but yeah, <laughs> they probably are. Um, I mean, what's interesting about this is the the company, so uh, Game Science, previously just used to make mobile games. So they did, uh, I think it's called Art of War and 100 Heroes. So this is really their first foray into like a triple A style esque 3D beat em up game. And goddamn, it looks like they're doing a good job with it. Um, one of the interesting things I did find out, so these initial kind of demos and bits we're seeing were actually their kind of bids to try and get more developers on board. So they wanted to grow the studio because they had the funding for it. And uh, that's what a lot of these videos are. Some of them were almost like demos to get the uh, get more people on board with it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's clearly doing a good job. They keep releasing trailers. I mean, we don't have <laughs> a date for it yet. So, you know, it could be 10 years away. But supposedly it's going to follow the story of Sun Wukong, also known as the Monkey King. And it's the traditional going to the West story. And he's going to have all these amazing abilities. Like we've seen some of them in the various videos. Like he's going to have the shape shifting. He's going to have like something called a cloud somersault, whatever that is. Uh, he's going to have an incredible leap that can leap 330,000 miles. I don't know how they're going to implement, implement that in the game. I'm sure it'd be an amazing cutscene, but sounds pretty cool and apparently he has an amazing breath control ability that makes him immortal so oh. lots to play with on the story there um as far as the game goes it's going to be third person you can kind of see from the gameplay it's very kind of dark soulsy um there's going to be a mix of exploration as well apparently so yeah i'm i'm very interested i think it looks great the latest demo with the snow defamation looked amazing i mean it had well, 4K, was, 60 frames, ray tracing. It had it was all the right bells well, and whistles. And it was Unreal well, Engine 5 yeah, as well, yeah. I was going to say, I'll, I'll jump in here because my, my, my take on this is pretty short and sweet. This is not a game that interests me at all. It's not my style of game. However, having said all that, that looks absolutely amazing. Like that is, it feels like a tech demo. I will be honest. It does feel like a tech yeah. demo more than it feels like a gameplay trailer. Um, so I think maybe losing our minds about it at this point is a little bit premature. With all that being said, though, it does look like just just in terms of you know art design and and the environments and all that sort of stuff, it's really a really astounding piece of work so far. So I hope they can deliver like this or close to it. Um, absolutely brilliant what we've seen so far. It's not my game at all, um, but I do hope that it's brilliant for people who who are looking forward to it. And I I hope it delivers on what it promises so far. So yeah, there you go. But it looks great. It looks really good. Really, really good. I can't stress that enough. Maybe this will be our first, you know, if they get it out in time, maybe it'll be a first proper like Unreal 5 game that looks amazing. Who knows? Maybe. A lot of maybes. I mean, I, I'm not that dissimilar to Chris. It's not. I mean, I, I do occasionally dabble in this type of game. Um, as you said, it is more of, in a sense, some of it's more of a tech demo than anything else to try and draw in more developers. And I'm thinking, you know, at the moment, what I'm seeing in the videos looks as Chris has said, it looks stunning. It, it really does look next gen. Uh, imagine playing that game and it's just like you know the volumetric, <laughs> you know all the the the, the snow deformation, the, the the everything just looks just ridiculously detailed uh, and astonishingly good. However, um, you know there doesn't seem to be a lot of depth to the gameplay. Uh, but from what I can see, it all seems to be one boss and next boss, next boss, next boss. Um, so I'd be, yeah. but then that's the point of the trailers trying to show you different 
characters, different moves, I suppose. It's, it's, you, show the, you show the most impressive looking stuff, don't you? Yeah. The stuff that makes yeah. people excited. Yeah. No, Let's face that, it, we all love a big monster, don't we? We all love a big monster. That dragon is just awesome. It just looks yeah. freaking Yeah, actually, yeah. You didn't yeah. mention that. Yeah, that is yeah. a really good point. That absolutely, dragon looks incredible. Absolutely amazing. And the, and the fine. But, you know, again, I'm kind of like, oh, he seems to only have the one weapon, but then, you know, it doesn't really matter if he can use different skills to use it in different ways. And he does seem well, no, to. He pulls so up he's going to have... Um, with the with the dragon where he where he jumps onto the top of the he stands on top of the the big club doesn't he and that stick and yeah. then or staff sorry and then then he creates a move that actually takes the dragon down and it's just really cool and I was like wow okay that looks interesting kind of really interested but we'll wait and see as I say uh, it, uh, it's it, it's very early days as you said um, but as far as uh, what's going to be possible graphically with my thirty frames a second eyes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I am blown away by how freaking gorgeous it looks and cannot wait to be playing games that look that good. If Avowed looks that good, I am going to be probably wetting myself. I'll probably be wetting myself by the time it comes out anyway. I'll probably be in incontinence pants, probably. But but that I wonder just, whether you were going for an age thing in terms of development time. Yeah. Precipitate, <laughs> right. yeah, that game will probably precipitate. But if the, you know, if we're starting to see games with that fidelity of graphics and that detail, that is very that's, that's just awesome. Don't forget that that is by an indie studio as well. Like they've like 10, 12 people or something like that. I think I've read it's not a big studio and they're delivering that. And if they can deliver but, that on Unreal Five with a small team, what well, do you do with a big team? Yeah. We talk about the, the small teams. Look at the ascent. I saw a yeah. I saw a um a mod that put the ascent into first person, and it's yes. it's stunning in first person. You know, absolutely stunning in first person. I was like, this is 12, 13 people made this game, and it, and it, that in first person that game looks every bit as good as Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven does. In fact, it looks more detailed and rich than Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven does in a lot of ways. And I'm like. It's 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 got to be about this like artistic vision as much as anything. And I'm not saying you're not right when you say it's only twelve people. If we get the right studios with this technology, Gordon Bennett, we're going to have. Some, I, I remember watching a video where one of the guys was talking about how their kind of development process went, and because they are a small studio and you don't have all this politics and big discussions about which direction you're going to take this particular scene, and are you going to do this, and it takes time, and then it has to be approved, and then it goes down, and blah 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 blah. They were just like some guy, part of the twelve man team, would go, "Hey, wouldn't it be really cool if I did this and I did that and the deal?" And the lead guy would go, "All right, then, off, off you go, go and do it." And he'd be like, oh, oh, all right then. And he'd go off and do it. And that's the difference. It's like this, again, it's cutting away the bureaucracy and, and just allowing creativity yeah. free reign. And because you have that, you have these people who are very talented, you know, in a small team that are all working towards the same goal. And there's this close-knit kind of feeling where they all know what that goal is. And therefore, you end up with a much higher quality piece of content that comes out at the end. Yeah. Let's not forget, Ninja Studio were technically a very small developer as well, and they produced Hellblade, and that game was amazing. Ninja Theory are a small studio. Yeah. Still, they're they're still are. Studio now. Now. Yeah, yeah, they're a tiny small studio, studio now, with a big yeah. budget now. That's the difference. Whereas yeah, they I mean, were a small I mean, I think, studio I think, yeah. with a small studio budget when they made Hellblade. I, yeah, I think, yeah, when you say about Hellblade, I think the big thing there, what they what they, what they set, to, set about to do was was just like prove that you didn't need to, like, it didn't need to be quite as flash as it was. They, they, they used the experience. To, to justify it essentially i mean it was like yeah. i'm trying to think of the best way to explain it they 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 knew that just by making the visuals really immersive and the sound really immersive it would just work itself do you know what i mean they had a, it's, it's exactly what i said it's artistic vision they knew what their vision was and they didn't need a like 
you know, this thing have to do it. And it's focus, isn't it? It's that laser focus. And I think we see, we've seen it like just recently with film as well. Like we've talked about this, like you know, the, the, the best films have been the ones where artists have been left to their visions, you know, across, across the board, you know, and it's always worked that way. And I think, as Alan said, these smaller studios really do get that artistic vision point across. And I think that The Ascent is one of the first I've seen really hammer that point home. And this Black Myth Wukong, if it is like 12, 13 guys, I mean, could be the same thing. It's stagger. It's genuinely staggering to think that you know that was you know produced by these these guys, and we, we, it's it's you know comparable to the best we've seen from any of the big studios, you know, if not better than some of them, you know. So yeah, yeah. I certainly say it, bl- it blows something like um, Cyberpunk clear out of the water, like you know, in terms of like wow factor, and you know, CDPR would think. Although I will say that I'm really looking forward to seeing what The Witcher enhancements come out looking like because that was always a very pretty game when they got that work in like the griffins and stuff i think they're going to look really cool in next gen if they really go to town on it so it'll be interesting to see how studios like that take these upgrades yeah anyway i'm waffling so (laughs) you mentioned witcher but very on the side because we haven't got this on the running order but wasn't witcher 4 kind of semi-announced this week uh was it i missed i I missed that this week i think it was was it a couple of I said it was it was happening. They were doing it was, something. Yeah, in development. Yeah. So yes, they kind of so, yeah. confirmed. They said they weren't going to make another one and they are now making Witcher 4. I think that's just worth pointing out because that makes me yeah. a very happy chappy. Yeah. I think I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, I, I think that surprises no one really does it. It's like it's like hi, oh, we really? like money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And well, it's funny you should mention that, Chris, because, uh, well, Phil, you got, you, do you want to grab that as the segue, my friend, into the next? I, I, that is absolutely, that was a perfect point. That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. So we have a lovely segue, and we've got you to talk about it again, Alan, just like last week, but you prepared this week. But because it's like last week, I've picked an entirely different video just to make things interesting. So tell us, tell us what Bethesda are up to. It's the moment we have all been waiting for. It is... <laughs> The next definitive edition of Skyrim. Oh, it's the going, final swan song. It's going to, well, I wouldn't say final. Hold on, hold on, no, hold on. No, no. I, I wouldn't that get carried away. Yeah, yeah, this I is never a last away. version. This is, this I is thought the, maybe. So Skyrim is 10 years old this November. 10 years old. And to celebrate this, Bethesda is launching yet another version of the Skyrim RPG, uh, titled the Anniversary Edition um, on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, which will be available from uh, the 11th of November. Um, just to read some specs on this, so specifically it'll feature over 500 Creation Club elements. Um, if you don't know what the Creation Club is, this is a curated pool of um, officially sanctioned mods by Bethesda, um, which normally you would have to purchase using uh, in-store credits. Um, and these include all manner of uh, content, quests, dungeons, bosses, weapons, spells, changes the game, a massive amount of extra content for the game. Um, and apparently fishing, which it makes its way into every single goddamn game these days. But hey, I quite <laughs> like fishing in New World, so I'm not really dissing it, to be fair. But still, fishing has become the new game trend. It used to be flushing toilets. Or was it? Was it ever flushing toilets? I'm not sure it was. But anyway, moving on. So if you already own the Skyrim Special Edition, you'll be able to upgrade to the Anniversary Edition. Um, and I believe that's free. And there will be a free next-gen update on the way for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S, which is also a free update as well. Um, my take, personally, so so before you guys <laughs> jump in. Um, 
I don't have a problem with this. I know what you're both going to say. You know, it is flogging a dead horse. It's like cash cow, bring it out, you know. But at well, the end not, of the day... They're not flogging a dead horse, mate. This will still make the no, money. That exactly. horse isn't dead. That's, that horse that's, is still running. That's exactly, that's exactly the point I'm making, yeah. It is still a monumentally good name. It, the fact that Bethesda are still giving it lip service and are still upgrading it to the new generations shows how good a game actually is. I could put it on, in fact, I might even put it on with the next gen upgrade to play it again because it is still an amazing game with the breadth of content and story and every, and with this added content, even more things to enjoy. And it's not only the game, it kind of brings into my mind a much bigger conversation about the game life of games. We have slowly, as we've moved through the developments and the upgrades and graphics and things, we've talked talk before about the development of games taking longer because the games are much more complicated and are much more in-depth and they take bigger teams to produce these AAA titles. But that also means the actual shelf life of those games is also much longer because they're, the advances in graphics and things aren't quite as pronounced as they used to be. In the, in the early generations, in the late 90s and the early 2000s, if you got a game that was like two or three years old, you could tell that you had a game that was two or three years old because of the graphics. Now these days with next gen upgrades and mods and things on PC, you can do that. It doesn't or isn't always immediately uh, noticeable that a game has a bit of age to it. GTA Online and GTA 5 has been around for an almost a decade. It's not the only game out there on the market. And quite frankly, I, I actually applaud Bethesda for keep on giving it lip service and keep on giving it that extra sheen of paint and saying, you know what? People are still playing it. We because I'm not even sure there are still going to be people who will buy it. Because 10 years ago, there might there's a whole new generation of people who haven't played it. And they might want to buy it now. So why not oh, give yeah. them the opportunity, you know, at the my, end of the day? Yeah, so, I, I see. Yeah, my, yeah. My, my, my take was, was much more simple than that. And I'm not, I'm not going to say they're flogging a dead horse or anything. It's, um, <laughs> this, this is this, this, what, we, what we are, we're emerging into is the, the ongoing, never-ending war that is between GTA V and uh, Skyrim to be the longest-running game ever to exist without having a sequel um, and be available on more yeah. platforms than any other. So basically, GTA... Skyrim go, go, wins. Come on. Yeah. There's no GTA. Rockstar, Rockstar announced they were, they were extending GTA V onto the new consoles, and Skyrim were like... We'll see about that, Sonny, my lado. Yeah. And like, no, no, but did you know it's, it's dropping on the exact same day that GTA 5's next gen patch is scheduled yeah. to launch as well. Yeah. So like, it's like, tell me this isn't like, 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 like a, 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 you know, a microcosm of console wars right here. It's Skyrim versus GTA just going head to head, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like those two games. But I mean, I am, I am with you 100%. I think there's a load of people who this is, this is one, this is a, a true classic of gaming. Whilst I never got on with it, I'm not a big fan of Bethesda's RPGs. We know this. Mm. I do. I can. I can totally look at it objectively and say there is no way that this many people are wrong about Skyrim. You know, it's an objective classic. You know, I've I've got a friend who, as I said, the guy I'm painting the Dragonborn for. He's been a bit neglected the past couple of weeks. I must must finish him up. Um, he's he's he. You know, he said to me, you know, I'm 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 buying an Xbox Series X for Bethesda RPGs because I, I love them so much. You know, Skyrim was, was so important to him. So they're they're 100 not not flogging a dead horse here. This is this is 100 still marketable material. But there was a stat I saw which is quite interesting that the two of the biggest franchises in gaming, which is GTA and Skyrim or Elder Scrolls, between the two of them, there hasn't been a new game like <laughs> between the two of them. You know, in 15 years for one series and 13 years for the other. I mean, we haven't had a new game from those. It's, 
it's kind it's of like, the valve effect. Well, it's been it? one release, I should say. One release, it's kind I should of the say. valve effect, because why should they? You know, at the end of the day, yeah. the expectation for the next title in these series is so high. Yeah, the, oh, man. Ability, yeah. the ability to fail is so easy. Yeah. You know, if you don't get it, the, the, the fans out there are so vocal about what should or shouldn't be. You know, mm -hmm. remember how vocal the GTA fans were when GTA 5 came out with the triple, like, intertwining <clears throat> storyline. They were like, this is rubbish. What, the, what is this rubbish? This is terrible. Now, of course, it's lauded as revolutionary and everything else and because it worked. But And G and Rockstar <laughs> took a risk. But the reality is, is that both companies have got a lot riding on the next game in the series. And do you really want to put yourself through that when your current jet game is still making yeah, money? 100%. 100%. This is a, this, they've both got a license to print money, so why wouldn't you yeah. use it? You know, yeah. why wouldn't you use it? It's just like, it's crazy. But I think it looks great. I'm really happy for Skyrim fans. It doesn't interest me at all again, but very happy for Skyrim fans. This is a, this is a super cool, like, update. Good to see next generation support for their classic as well. Yeah, um, I might yeah, have to so pick it up for the Series X. I might have to uh, delve into it. I would imagine it'll be in Game Pass, yeah. mate. I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine yeah. it will. Yeah, so. And I hope it is I wouldn't pay for it, but then I, <laughs> I played, I played Skyrim on the 360, and I played it on the PC for the modding, and you know, I, I want a new Elder Scrolls like I've played the game in oh, other times. Yeah. And my, my worry is, like, I'm, I'm guessing this was probably a down and dirty remaster. Like, you know, they already had a lot of the textures in place for the PC, so probably implementing some of the other stuff was fairly low-key and quite easy. And if that's the case, that's fine. You know, do it. Get some more money in the bank. If that's going to make the next Elder Scrolls game that much better, fine. But if this took time away from Elder Scrolls Six, I don't see someone, that. I really mate, they're don't working on Starfield at the minute. Yeah. It's all that Starfield. Yeah, so, so, well, as I say, no, or uh, if it's taking time away from Starfield, you know, I'm very, I really want to see. Starfield. I doubt it. I really, really doubt that. Is that any significant impact on Starfield or Elder Scrolls no. Six? I mean, I, mean, I, I say, I hate to say, but so Bethes Bethesda and Zet, well, Bethesda is particularly now under the guidance and a mentorship of Microsoft. I don't see Microsoft. Like letting them just go, oh, we stuff of this big, big exclusive we're yeah. relying on. Yeah, nah, you can. You yeah, don't yeah. even know who's done the next gen update. It might not yeah. even be Bethesda itself. It might be a yeah. subsidiary or True. another. Yeah. another could developer. be. Could be. We don't know who did it. You know, and like you say, they probably just nicked a load of the PC stuff and just slapped it in there and been like, yeah, you go. I'm, cool, I'm guessing that's probably what it is. They just took whatever the PC Ultimate settings were, bunged a load of those in there, tweaked a couple of bits and resold it. Up the maximum res. I mean, know. you know, at least it's free if you already own the game, so I'm fine with that. Maybe there's a new generation. If you own a particular version of the game, isn't it? It's not. It's not. It's got Sony to be. The, it's got to be the special edition, yeah. not the, oh, yeah. the. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to the, that last one that they released. But uh, just as a, yeah. a closing thing, sweet got the Elder Scrolls score story down this week. Sweet got it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, we did have a discussion point set up for this week, so should we move on to that? Go on yeah, then. let's do that. Awesome. Okay, so earlier we talked about Halo Infinite missing what we considered key features when it launches. So the, the, the discussion point is, you know, should other developers be kind of following this same example? Should they focus on, you know, releasing a steady and stable game at launch and maybe they pull out some of these key features and these key USPs from the game? Um, or, you know, should they kind of continue following the existing model? So it's either, you know, they begin chopping the game up and they release the bits that work and then release them later through season passes, or do they bunk all the features in there, they release it broken to high heaven, and then they spend the next six to 12 months 
patching the game a la Cyberpunk, trying to fix things and add things back in. Who I've, wants I've got to a third go option. I got a third option. I don't want either of those <laughs> options because both of those options are bull crap. Okay, yep. they're both corporate bull crap. The third option is give reasonable development time for your games, give reasonable time for your developers to actually make the game without crunch, and then give reasonable release dates for your games in the first freaking place. Yeah, the first one is unacceptable. Releasing a game unfinished is absolutely criminal, and it should be criminal. The second one, releasing a game with content taken out because you need to release it now, and it's not the finished product, is still criminal. The only option is to release your game when it is finished. And both of those options, the game is not finished. And quite frankly, as I said earlier on, the reason why this is happening to Halo is because they want to release it this year. They want to have it in the 20th anniversary and they are releasing a product that is not finished. They have removed stuff from the pro from the product so that they can release it this year. That is unacceptable. I don't care whether the campaign works and is great. That's still not what the game was promised. I'm sorry, but Halo has had campaign co-op since what? Number three as standard. Was it had one, it, was it? Was it? Was it no, it's had it, it was couch one. in one. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah, two player in number one. Yeah, two player yeah. in one and two, and then it was yeah. uh, four player in three onwards. There you go. So it's a standard. So it was expected as standard, and now they're taking it out, not because they can't do it, because they need to release it this year. Not whether that's shareholder based or whether that's based because it's the 20th anniversary of Halo and Microsoft want it to happen this year. I don't know. I'm not privy to that information. But either way, it's not a finished product. So wait until it's finished and then release it. That's my piece. <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. End of the discussion point. Okay, <laughs> well, okay so, so my okay. work here is done. I, I, I agree with a lot, a lot of with what Alan just said. I think yeah, he's 100% right. We, should, we shouldn't. I presented these two as the as the options where where I would like the the the, the option Alan suggested. Um, when I wrote but when I wrote the discussion point, I looked I looked I looked at the real world and said the real world is we get these games that are either broken to high heaven and and need to be patched to the middle of next year to fix them, or we get games where they start maybe start taking things out and putting them back in when they're finished, which 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 has its own set of concerns as far as I'm concerned because like. What's to say we won't get to the point where in three months after Halo launches, they drop in the multiplayer and everything suddenly breaks? Because that's that's happened before when things have been yeah. patched in, right? We've seen it before. Um, so it's not without its things. I, I Of these two options, I have to say I prefer the Halo option, providing Halo works. Like If Halo works properly at launch and the campaign runs smoothly and the multiplayer is good and there aren't any major glaring issues, I'd rather we had that than the multiplayer comes in. We have a, a campaign co-op where nothing could be worse than, than they release Halo with a, with a, a co-op campaign enabled, where we constantly have disconnects and dropouts, and you know, mm. you know, progression doesn't work properly, or you know, there's major lag across it and things like that, because because that's gonna gonna really ruin that experience for anyone playing that co-op experience. Which obviously, you know, we want it to be a great experience. I remember, you know, one of one of my favourite gaming experiences of my life was the Halo Reach launch night. Um, getting my friends together, we went to a game. We picked up a copy at game. Both me and my mate Jim got the, uh, you know, the Halo uh, Reach, the big box set with the, with the with the Reach figurines, and it was it was a great night for so many reasons. We got back to mine. We had two consoles set up. We actually couldn't get them networked. It wouldn't talk on network, so we ended up doing it over Xbox Live that night. And um, we planned to do it on a local uh, local LAN, but for some reason we couldn't get them talking, which was occasionally a thing that would happen with 360s. They were a pain in the ass sometimes to network. Um, 
And we went on Xbox Live and we were playing it. And I will never forget that night because for so many reasons, I'll never forget because Jim, Jim is a huge Halo nerd, like a massive Halo nerd. And one of my favorite memories of the night was we got back and he unboxed his, um, his uh, you know, elite edition of, um, legendary edition, that's what they call him, was it? Legendary edition. And he was going through the, the Halsey's diary because there's a Halsey's diary in that, in that book. It's a book of how she, it's supposed to be how she created the Spartans, etc. And he was just like totally like sucked in like a kid at Christmas, like just flicking through this book. And I was like, Jim, we kind of want to play the game. It's like, you know, 1 a.m. Can we please play the game? And he, he's like, yeah, right. And it was like, and then for another 10 minutes, he's still flicking through the book, you know. And then we got on and we played the game. We played all night, all of us did, um, you know, straight through. And uh, and there was a, there's a moment in Halo Reach where uh, it's, it's always stuck with me that there's a moment where, where Cat dies in Halo Reach. And if you remember the Reach campaign, um, it's sort of about, it recently. That, yeah, about, yeah, about two thirds of the way through, Cat gets sniped by a jackal. And it's a bit out of nowhere. Uh, the first time you play it. Um, and I just remember there was this deathly silence across all the comms when it happened. And like, and then like it happens. And like, I just remember, I think, I think it was me, but it might've been Kev when that's no way for a Spartan to die. And then, and every, and there was just this like real somber tone of like, that was, that was just not, no, that's just not that was right. a low blow. Like, guys. It was a low, a low blow. blow. And, and so, so the Halo Carp campaign coming back to the point is so integral to me as part of Halo but yeah. if that experience was fundamentally broken, that night would have been fundamentally broken and would have been completely ruined, you know? So I can see why you would take it out if it's not going to be a good experience. Am I happy about it? Hell no. Do I think they're being honest and upfront and saying, we're taking this out? I, I applaud them for that. But I do agree with Alan in that I'd much rather it wasn't taken out and the game was released fully functioning and working. That would be, that'd be the ideal world. But if we're going to go into this world, what I don't want to see is the ongoing model with, and let's just use the one we know, the biggest one of the, of the recent years is the cyberpunk model because cyberpunk has now reached this laughable state where we're now nine months post launch and they've just released another patch, which had over 500 bug fixes in it. It's like, how can we be, be that far out from launch and you're still patching that many bugs, you know, and it's, it's, it's got that laughable state now where you're like, you know, I don't, I don't, I would have waited another year to get a better version of cyberpunk and had more fun with it. You know, we would none, no one would have been happy had that happened at the launch. You know, but now we're also looking at the point where Cyberpunk seems to have features which were promised now magically disappearing into the ether, like the multiplayer thing that was supposedly promised. You know, that seems to be no longer being talked about and They're like not, it's going to disappear. They can't make that, can they? Because they're yeah. trying to fix the game. Exactly. So I'd much rather we had the the the, the honesty from from Free for Free and from anyone going forward and say we're going to give you the campaign that works, but you can't have co-op for three months while we while well, we get it finished. Really, what really riles me up about it is the fact is the reasons. As I said, I would rather have a full game release with all of the core components that you promised in the, you know, as, mm -hmm. as, as the game. Um, yes, I totally agree with you. It's the lesser of two evils. Um, I'd rather have a game with something taken out of it. But but we've seen this before where they take stuff out of it. And as you say, then that gets put in later and it's a whole mess of it's absolute yep. disaster at that time. And you're so it doesn't really improve your experience. It just delays that. My, really my, way, my hope is, though, but by line. delaying it, they're going to not have that problem. But yeah. I'm, 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 li I'm living but, that that element in the it works when it, when it what, releases. What concerns me is this corporate like thing. It's about mm. we need to get it out, whether that's because of financial reasons or whether because in this instance, it definitely feels like they they need to get it out for the 20th anniversary of halo then that that kind that i'm kind of like as a gamer i would rather wait 
another six months or another year until it's actually finished. And it's hard to say because some games you do get so invested in and so excited for. But I, I really think that as a community, we need to start being realistic about development times for games and how long they take. And when a development studio says, oh, it's going to be released here, they need to be realistic about it. But again, we're talking about huge amounts of money I will, here as well. I, yeah, I will say you know, this though, Alan, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to use an excuse for him, but I do get you saying... They delayed it for a year, and I think when they delayed it last year, I think they thought giving it another year in the oven was going to be enough time. But we've, we've had an unprecedented 12 months, right? Let's be honest. Like The last 12 months have been somewhat unprecedented, and I think that, without question, has hurt Halo's development, along with a ton of other games. You know, um, Some games have come through this better than others, but I think there's been a huge... like You only have to look at how many games have been delayed. And delayed. I forget what it was. It got delayed a few months ago, and I made the joke in the, in the chat of like breaking news. 2021 is delayed to 2022, you know, because mm. so many games have been pushed back by six months. You know, you, we're even looking at Horizon Forbidden West being pushed back into next year now. I um, totally agree yeah. with you. I just hope and, it's not a trend. I yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree with you, and I think, but I think if we're talking about which of these two models would I like to see studios pursue moving forward, yeah. I would much rather have bits of the game work and work properly when we get them than it kind of is all there, but none of it really works well at all. Yeah. You know, just and the experience you. is a mess. So Before anyway, just, up, let yeah. me drop my two pence in before we. Sort yeah, of I, want, I wanted to go to Phil as well because I know Phil hasn't yeah. said anything yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I was just thinking about it, and obviously, yes, Alan's third option is definitely the best one. Let's just wait and have the game a bit longer. But so what I did was I kind of went back and again did my little research on the Google, and I basically looked at games that kind of launched with problems at launch, and they'd sort of fix them with patches and bits. And I mean, the list is epic. that's a long list. Yeah, more some of the ones that, that... more more games that released. I don't. Can you actually name any games that released oh, without I mean... any issues? Yeah, I was gonna say, Phil, I'm impressed you made that list because I'd just been like, oh, it's every game from the last ten years. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> what what I did was I picked out some of the key ones that I think really stung when it happened, though, and I just wanted to refresh us to kind of put in perspective what Halo this is going to be offering. painful, so, isn't it? This is genuinely going to be painful. Well, let's let's talk about everyone's favourite Fallout seventy six. So, oh. when they oh. launched that game, oh. most people at best could play it for a few hours a day, and that was on maybe a couple of days a week. And even if you and could it was, play it for a few hours, you wouldn't want to because you'd want to top yourself when you were doing because it, it was so bland <laughs> and unexciting as an experience. Why would you want to do that to yourself? Yep, and you know it had spectacular bugs with like v-sync and then you didn't have the normal graphics options of field of use or the pc players were upset the console players weren't happy because it just kept crashing all the time and uh, <laughs> it what didn't it? work <laughs> yep and if you downloaded the beta that was 45 gig and then when the game came out it made you re-download the game again but then you couldn't delete the beta so you had 90 gig of your console storage taken up that you couldn't you could either delete it all That's or you genius. had to have both it took them forever to patch so and yeah, I mean, they've just been adding patch and patch and patch to fix it. And then everyone complained there was no people. So then they patched in the Wastelanders as DLC. Which apparently is very, very good. I've got to say, like, I've not heard anyone say anything bad about Wastelanders. You know, it's supposed to be excellent. To be fair, I, I played some of it. It's pretty good. They've done yeah. a good job. I think in it was me, it Alan, Jules and Craig all yeah. jumped on there yeah. when it came out. And we actually really enjoyed it because it was on Game yeah. Pass, thankfully. It was so yeah. that. But the next game that I think really stung, No Man's Sky, promised the moon on a stick and we didn't get it <laughs> uh, it didn't just you know, not deliver the moon on a stick it barely delivered the moon at launch didn't it that game <laughs> yeah i mean it was like it was a multiplayer and you know you're going to go into other people's worlds but so hang on a sec i'm on the same planet as you but i can't see you oh well yeah it's not actually multiplayer it's just you're in the world that was created by them and 
I mean, they have been patching and adding to that game for what? And again, Patrick, apparently that game's phenomenal now. Yeah, now I'll credit to them. So I hear nothing content. but good things about it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Now, if you play it, amazeballs. Fantastic yeah. game. I know they had another DLC drop for it very recently, actually. Mm. I think that... You know, five-year anniversary, wasn't it? Yeah, five-year five anniversary, anniversary, so yeah. But, but I would notice a trend in the two games that you've both mentioned are both MMOs. Hang on mm. a sec. Let me keep going. Batman Arkham Knight. Laughed in PC launch was a disaster. Laughable state. Oh, yeah. It had 30 FPS frame cache issues, which is not a problem for Mr. 30 FPS over there. But yeah, well, it, wasn't I mean, that. It, it couldn't it couldn't hold a steady frame rate. It was no, it, was it, it was like even on the most powerful of machines, it it could it could barely run. It was a it was a mess of a game on PC. It was horrendously optimized. You know the that was the game. Wasn't it the game like... where oh, before just wasn't it where they started refunding it and then like they refunded a ton of people for it because it was so broken and then they yeah. they re released it and it was still massively broken. Isn't that? Yeah, isn't that they it? did. So they they basically it was so bad that Warner Brothers pulled it. They said, yeah. right, we're not sending more copies. It's horribly broken. They then said you can have a refund on it because it's so horribly broken. And then they re-released it again. It was still broken. But if you didn't refund it the first time, they gave you every other Batman game they'd ever released as compensation because you still kept it. So it tells you something it. about how bad it was. You yeah. Know? So I did buy it fairly near launch, paid about 15 quid. I mean, it got hammered so bad on the opening days. I waited <laughs> about a week and I was like, oh, 15 quid, I'll give that a pun. And to be fair, actually, my experience on PC wasn't horrendous. It, it was did, I think it broke down to certain cards and processor combinations. There was some there was very there was very specific yeah. but wide ranging hardware <laughs> issues. You would you know, one of those things you'd think they would, you know, check. Pick up on. Yeah. So, somehow my combination of stuff meant I could get the 30 FPS and it wasn't completely unplayable. Um, so I didn't refund it. And then I got every other Batman game, like Arkham Knight, Arkham City, it all came nice. in. There. I was like, oh, I've got five Batman games in my Steam library. Bonus. Nice. So yeah, and they've been patching the arse out of that game ever since. And it's playable now, but it took them again a couple of years to get there. Uh, let's see what else did I have on the list. AC Unity, Assassin's Creed, good lord. that? <laughs> An absolute sham. You remember the little girl with the face missing and just the creepy yeah. eyeballs? Oh, How could you forget that? That still haunts my nightmares. Yeah, and yeah. then you'd be walking in the street and you'd see a man scoot past on his ass because he was supposed to be in a horse and cart, but there was no horse and cart. And he just and then the people, they do like the, the straight, like Leonardo T-pose. Yeah, the T-pose, yeah, and they'd scoot past you. I mean, that game was horrendously broken and the multiplayer didn't work. And again, they patched it and patched it and patched it. And about 18 months later, it was just about playable. So so, what, so, what's your point here? You'd rather that they released a game that was worked but had some of the components missing rather than release a shit show of a game, which everybody seems to do these days. Yeah, I mean, I could be honest, I had a couple more that I thought would cheer you up. Diablo 3, you can play it offline. You just got Error 37. Final yeah. Fantasy 14 was an absolute sham when they launched it so bad. And they Cyberpunk, killed the game. Uh, Cyberpunk yeah. Battlefield 4. But there was more than Cyberpunk. There was another one just recently as well. I can't think what it was, but there's another one after Cyberpunk where it came out and it was like, oh, another one. Great. Oh, Outriders. Outriders is a prime example. Yep. Yeah, Completely yeah. broken at launch. No matchmaking didn't work. The, um, you, know, you couldn't even get into games when you invited friends. The servers, you know, it wasn't just the servers. That was just a, a fundamental issue with the game pairing people up you know um so so, so many yeah, of these things keep yeah. pre-ordering and they keep buying these games and they keep you know they're enabling the developers to keep what, releasing games so, i mean the, but what, what amazes me just, just quickly you've just listed off a load of games right phil and a few of them really stood out for, for one reason to me 
And that is like, if you look at No Man's Sky, that was hyped to the back of beyond. And everyone I was going, was going nuts about it, especially on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. They're going, oh my God, it's the next best thing. And they all bought it and then either all sold it or just don't ever play it anymore. And yet that's a game which, if it had waited a couple of years and launched in this more complete yep. state, not now, yep. but two years ago, nah. but had more features, that would still be like top rotation game, I think. I genuinely believe I'm- that. No Man's Sky, I think, is the exception to that because I they were a product of overhyping. Like, basically, certain people made assumptions about what the game would deliver. <laughs> they didn't then deny those no. assumptions because yeah. they could see the pre-order numbers going up and up and up and yeah. up and up. Sure, but Murray game was the problem. Yeah. yeah, but that game, when it was launched, it was never meant to have those features. What's <laughs> happened is they've... Yeah, what they've done is they've then... Sure, Murray told... You say that, you say that, Phil, but Sure, Murray point blank went onto shows and went, yeah, it's got this, and you're like... Yeah, but it never yeah. was supposed to. You lied through nev- your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> you it's know? you know the point. They got the hype, and then they had to build those features because they realised that's what people wanted for their game. So I take No Man's Sky as the exception, actually. But the other stuff, like you know, Fallout seventy six, Batman Arkham, AC Unity, they were all just they were released. Yeah, yeah. AC Unity was, was so was so was so horrifically broken at launch. I remember that. You know, yeah, so my, broken. My kind of thought around that is like, let's say AC Unity, right? If they took out the multiplayer aspect, all right, that was their key USP of that game to push it. But you know what? If they released it as an Assassin's Creed game and added that in afterwards, actually, you know, would that have then, they wouldn't potentially have had all these other issues because they weren't trying to implement multiplayer. That game probably would have done all right and it wouldn't have been 13 quid two weeks after the launch. And <laughs> it, and that's genuine. I, I got AC Unity because I bought another game and it came free with that game because it was well, that bad. Yeah. And that was four weeks after it launched. I think is it CD keys are still trying to give them away. <laughs> if CD keys were giving them away, yes. I think they're they still giving, giving them away, away, mate. I think they're still giving them away because they've got, still got so many of the bloody things. But I think that is, a, that, is a, that is another factor, though. It is As a whole, the community and the hype factor is a real issue. I mean, you look at some of those games like No Man's Sky and like Cyberpunk, it almost backs some of these developers into a corner to release... Mm. Uh, a certain time and when they make commitments to dates because you know the target audience is going mental for their mm. product and there's a kind of a, an almost like a, a a destructive relationship here isn't there between the consumers and the audience and the actual developers where they're actually egging them on to make these products and say they're going to release them at a certain time when there's no possible physical way they can actually produce the goods in that level of time, you know, and I think cyberpunk is definitely a victim of that where they kept delaying yeah. it. And then it got to the point where they felt they had to do, at least release something, even though it wasn't actually finished because everybody was so hyped and no man's yeah. sky was the same thing. And it's, again, it's a fundamental issue with the whole games industry. I'm not happy yeah. to sit back and wait for the product to be ready. The other I, thing there that's just reminded me of as well. Before, sorry, Phil. Just I want to the other the other real go. toxic side of that is the is the look at how many people a delay happens to God of War, for example, the new, next God of War that got pushed back. I think it was God of War, and it got pushed back at Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah. And just... uh, and then then you see death threats going out to developers or yeah, people. It's, think, it's like it's like I mean that, you can understand why they, they almost want to get the monkey off their back at that point and go look, I don't want it anymore. Just just get it out there, get it out because then people can't complain that I've delayed it, you know. And and you totally can yeah. see that that happening, you know. I am, I, you know, you, you get good game developers that produce quality content. I would wait. I'm, I'm, of course, I want to see Elder Scrolls Six. Of course, I do. I'm a massive fan. Of course, I want to see Avowed. I've already said this, but I always want to wait until it's done. I don't want to have the experience of a half-assed version where they've had to take stuff out because they want to release it now, or a version that doesn't physically work. I, I am willing to wait for them to produce content that is a 
the, the that I want rather yeah. than you know it's just, Al, I, I think the problem is that you know with this with this industry you might even be in the minority here. It's and sad. I think he is. I think I you are. I think the I think, point I was trying to get to with this stuff is like all of these games released broken, they all got patched out and they all suffered because they were broken. And had they removed certain features, would they have come out in a workable, playable experience? Would they have then not been the pariahs almost that they are? And I wonder whether, like, you know, like you said, it's almost like a rock and a hard place. Like they've delayed the game once. They wanted to get it out with the launch of the console because this was going to be the first time that Halo had launched on a console since the original Xbox then they were like, okay, we can make the 20th anniversary if we do it at this time. And it's that rock and a hard place. And, you know, I I, I think this maybe is a better choice than releasing the game with these features broken. And I, I respect that decision. Yes, as an older gamer like you, I think I would be prepared to wait. You know, if they said to me, hey, let's give me another year, I'd be like, you know what, whatever. There is so many games coming out every year. And... The amount of hours I work, I don't have the time to play all these games. None of us have the time to play all these games. So there's always going to be something for us to play. But, you know, the way, you know, these trip streamers and influencers, they consume this content so quickly. They always need something new. And, you know, they have such a big voice with so many followings that they push. And, you know, their 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 influence carries weight that perhaps it shouldn't do into this industry, in my opinion. Um, and I think that's why... You know, these scenarios have come up, these games have released, they've got to make this title. So yes, some of it's probably shareholders as well. They need to please them and they need to make money and they need to pay bills and things like that. But f from my perspective, I'd rather they released Halo in a state that I can play it and I can enjoy it. All right, it's not the Halo experience I want because for me, Halo has always been a couch cop game. I don't, I've never well, played Couch Cup's supposed to still be there, man, to be fair. Couch yeah. Cup's supposed to be there. Not for the campaign. Not for the campaign. You know what, do you know what I find very, very bizarre though, about this whole thing? Apparently, the Couch Cup is there on the consoles this time around, right? And we haven't got online multiplayer this time. Halo 5, they removed Couch Co-op and only had online multiplayer. So it's a bit of a bizarre one, that. You yeah. Know, like, for, you know, for me, Halo's always been a multiplayer experience. I've never played it on my own because it's never interested me to that. I just Agreed. the experience Agreed. is better with I did Halo 1 or Alan or you Halo sat 1 next Halo. to me going, oh my God, Phil, I'm down. Or, oh, they've just killed me. The limey, can you run into the corner so I'm in the spawning zone, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, take, I take umbrage at that. Phil is making it sound like he's the one saving us every time, when in fact that is not the reality. Oh, I'm shameless <laughs> about saying I'm saving you all the time. But the fact is, it's me that dies all the time. I mean, it yeah. is. It's like, we're just like, right, boys, we're going in. All four of us going on a Halo 5, which was, I think, about six months ago. We thought we'd give yeah, another yeah. pun. And down the mic comes me. Uh, boys, I'm down. And they're like, well, where are you? And I am 20 metres ahead of them in the middle of what can I do? Rat's Nest of it, Covenant. It literally took about five seconds, didn't it? You just went running yeah. straight down the hill. I'm down. I literally I went running down the hill. I shoulder charged the first elite, shot him in the face with a shotgun and got shanked by all of those little... Grunts. <laughs> it was with the needlers, yeah. yeah. No, it was the... the rat, uh, What do they call them? The Oh, the jackals. The jackals, yeah. yeah. It was like four jackals. Just <laughs> look, there he is, bang! <laughs> it was like doo, 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 dead. Yeah. I was like, Can it's, you come um, pick me up, please, guys? I, I, like, I, we'll I, get I, to you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, going back to that point, I think you're, you're right. I think my my preference would be for a working stable game because I also think like if we talk about that like, first impressions matter. If you play, if we, I mean, we we all we all, we all want to play. I think we're all, we're all in agreement here. We'd much rather be able to sit and play Halo with our friends online or whatever, right? Um, and it sucks that we can't do that this time around. But I'd much rather that when I sit down and I put on Halo and I play through Halo that it works and that campaign 
True. I get to to really soak it in and enjoy it and find out what's happening with Cortana and the Chief, you know, and even the the losers on the other fire team who we don't care about. Um, you know, uh, you know, other than Nathan Fillion because he's great. Um, yeah, I hope that's then. just like text backstory I can read. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even part of it, really. But... You know, I, I just want to. Start, I want. To, I want. I really want that whole thing to. Yeah, because I want it to be an experience I can savor and enjoy. I, I, I would. I would hate that experience to be broken up by dropouts and having to wait to come back in or not. You know, it not working. So I, I applaud them for making that difficult decision. However, it still sucks they've got to make that decision. And I will also just just leave this. We just covered the bit about people sending death threats. Please don't do anything stupid like attack developers because they've had to take features out. Because I can promise you there isn't a developer who's making Halo who is happy they're having to take out multiplayer um, from the campaign. I, I, I promise you there isn't a developer going, yay, we've taken campaign multiplayer away from people. You know, no, none of them are like that. Suck they're, it, guys. They're all, as, they're, they're all as upset about this as you are. I promise you that. And I think that... You know, I think we need to be very clear on that. Just just keep your call about yeah, it sucks. We all feel that pain, but you'll get a game, you'll get to play it multiplayer simulator. It's gonna happen. Don't don't panic and let's just enjoy Halo when it arrives. I mean, I mean it's I, not I, ideal for any game, but let's just like keep our call about it. I think you know, totally my, my personal kind of final thoughts on this is that if this if Halo Infinite launches and it's missing these features, but the game plays well and it has a great campaign story. Nobody will be talking about the missing features. They will be talking yep. about how well it plays, how slick the shooter is, how pretty the graphics are. They'll be like, you know, they'll say, they'll say, oh, it's not got the campaign co-op, but goddamn, it plays well, and that's yep. the experience we want. That's my thought, and you know, if I have to choose, that's the one I will choose. Yeah, agreed. So cool. we're all in agreement on something that is uh, is get rid of this stupid model of pushing things out the door that aren't that don't work properly at all. And sacrifice certain features to make your game work better, and we all, we all think that's a better idea. But, well, yeah, I mean, I agree with that in, in sentiment, yeah, but, but overarching, I think, much rather have the a industry full, complete working needs game. to needs to address this their timelines yeah. and and what they can actually 100%. achieve 100%. and be more realistic. That's what they need to do. But so, if they can't do that, what we're saying is, don't go with the model you're currently pushing out. Which don't is release us, crap out the Don't door. release us yeah. broken crap. We're not, we're not yeah. putting up with that anymore. No broken yeah. crap. Thank you very much. You know what? Stop exactly. over-promising and under-delivering. That's what we're asking. Hey, look that's, at that. That's, 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 that's the second time tonight Phil said that to me, but anyway, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, gentlemen, it's been an hour and 48 minutes and that's a, a privileged run. hour and 48 minutes. <laughs> another, so, another short one, then. We know how to keep them short. Oh, yeah. We were all tired. Well, one day, I'm going to figure out video editing and chop up all the relevant segments into bite-sized yes. consumable parts. Uh, of I'll, I'll watch the pod back and then think, hang on, why am I not in it? I thought I could have sworn I was in it. <laughs> Bill? Bill? Hey, you're coming, you're coming well, in about you... the 40-minute mark, mate, when you haven't had a chance to talk about your week. And yeah. <laughs> you know... <laughs> no, 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 separate. Not instead of. <laughs> not instead of. I wouldn't dare do that to your one or two fans that you've got, Alan. They need to know. How dare you insult Alan only things with one or two fans? There's at least three. You of them. said one or two. <laughs> I remember. He's allowed to be self-deprecating. He's allowed uh, to be self-deprecating, Phil. <laughs> I remember what you said an hour and forty-eight minutes ago. Even if you don't. <laughs> I, All right. To be fair, anyway, I don't. On that note, gentlemen, it's a bye from Thunderlips McQueen. Adios, my judges. And it's a bye from Rasta Tweets. See you all soon. And it's a bye from me. Bye. 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 Weekly, when you need me.